0: Of crap, have a Draco right there. Kim, the fighting through contact, fighting through offensive line, being B double team, multiple moves stacked into one, just a play of pure domination. This is actual film, this is actual football talk. It's a football show, we're about football, not storylines. And you are listening to another edition, the Fifty-sixth edition of TOJ Film Room, where we will be talking about, or I will be talking about, the Jets' uh, first preseason game. We have actual football to talk about, so that's uh, that's fun. Obviously, we've been talking a lot about football with the uh, the film, but new football to talk about. Um, like I said, with the Jets lost thirty-one to twenty-two at that, at MetLife Stadium, away game um, to the Giants. Uh, before we jump into that, I, I have about thirty-one plays we we'll, we will be talking about. Um, these plays will be a little bit, or these shows will be a little bit shorter than the ones in the regular season. Uh, one because I'll do, be doing them by myself, so I, or by myself. And I already talked to Marcus Coleman; he'll be back for one show before the uh, season kicks off, and then he'll be back for those you know 17 to 20 weeks throughout the uh the season that he'll be here for like i said all the jets games then maybe some playoff games we'll talk about etc so uh definitely excited to get marcus back who if you just sort of watching the show uh marcus Coleman, he had three interceptions in the monday night miracle game uh played defensive back for the jets for many years uh overall played the nfl for 11 years so uh being able to break down film with a guy who's been in the nfl but defensive back is definitely fun to do and it adds some uh Legit- legitimacy to the show, I guess you could say. Um, if you want to say that, but before we get into the all the uh, the the game and the film and all this stuff, uh, housekeeping. joerb 31 on Twitter uh, just posted up the Giants review. You can check it out on there too. Uh, I have three more, re- or three or four more reviews to do. I think I have four because I have as a finish up Khalil. I have to do um, Alex Lewis. Uh, I have to do Quincy Nunez. Burgess and Ryan. Uh, so maybe I have five actually. So I have five the do. I'm not going to get to all the reviews on the show. I just, I just, there's just not enough time, uh, especially being summer. So uh, the, the Brian Winters one and Tremaine Johnson and Avery Blimson, all that Henry Anderson. Uh, most of them are posted on, if you don't have Twitter type in the players you want to see. Uh, and then my name after it. And it'll most likely pop uh, pop up on the turn on the Jets site where I've posted, you know, many of my reviews or uh, if you don't, you know, you don't have a Twitter? Make a Twitter if you want. There's a lot of good fans on there to interact with. You have to be careful with who you follow though, because some people are really crazy on there. But uh, that's what's coming on Twitter. Like I said, Khalil, and probably like uh, Alex Lewis, and then we'll we'll see who else. TLJ um, Space Film Space Room on iTunes, uh, YouTube. You just have to turn on the jets. You'll see the green little logo. Uh, subscribe there, like there. Uh no reviews we haven't got a review in in a little bit, but we gotta we, we started off very very fast. We definitely been slowing down uh recently with the reviews but uh if you can, like I said, it takes a lot of work to do the show with recording then putting it up and then posting it and then um et cetera. It just obviously takes a lot of work in patreon um like I said, I have two Patreons, the two Joes, who are fantastic. I really, really appreciate it. I said every single show because I do appreciate it. Um, there's a lot of, of cost that goes into the show with the computers, from the technology, uh, even just Game Pass, NFL Game Pass, and the Zoom account for the year is about $200 a year. So uh, I'd like to do the show, not paying for me to do the show. And also, maybe if you could, like I said, if I can make some. Uh, of that money, I get a better background. I get a better mic. I know the mic is solid; it's not the best. Um, so I'd like to upgrade the mic. I'd like to upgrade Marcus's mic as well. Um, get some more graphics, etc. So that that helps. Like I said, Patrons always below. Don't have to. Uh, anything is greatly appreciated, though. Obviously, uh, like I said, Marcus will be back soon. Um, and other news, I guess, like from around camp, and then because uh, it's, been, it's been a good, like, 10, 11 days since I've since I've been on here. Uh, we had a feisty practice a couple days ago. You had KO and Jenkins getting into a fight. You had Le'Veon Bell, who got rocked on one play. You had, what is it, Alex Lewis and Nathan Shepard getting into a fight. So um, that was, you know, interesting to, to see updates on. Now you had Derek Jones, who got cut, who, listen, he made a couple of plays in camp last year, just like players in the past have. David Clowney, Chad Hansen. You know, etc. Who who then don't show up in games really? He played. He actually did play uh, play okay versus the the uh, Patriots at Week Seventeen. But he never really proved much. And everybody always kind of hyped him up to be, you know, some guy who was uh, being held back by the coaching staff when really um, he didn't prove much of anything. In this game, he struggled, which I'll talk about uh, when I wrap the plays. And uh, he he was cut. He was accordingly cut because of the game. And obviously, what they saw at practice wasn't good. And then the game confirmed what they thought. And especially for Derek Jones to be cut uh, with this cornerback depth. And you're looking at guys like Chiron Brown or whatever his name is. I know it's Brown taking significant reps and meander uh, who are signed off the street for, for Derek Jones to get cut. Um, it's obviously, you know, it, it's pretty telling about his play. Uh, Tremaine Johnson hurt his hamstring. He's like, I think he's like week to week now. So you're now at this point, he's not going to practice for most likely the rest of the uh, off season. You're just hoping he'll be ready for week one because, uh Listen, I know Tremaine johnson's a big disappointment, but going from Tremaine Johnson starting at one to moving you know Roberts playing on guy like Odell Beckham or whoever else you know Edelman or even whoever else we play in the year uh that's a big downgrade and then after that after you move a guy and Robert's up, who is number two? Like, really, who's number two? Kyron Brown, right now, I think, moved into the first team. Is it Meander? Guys who are literally signed off to street, cut from practice squads, are going to be your number two cornerback at this point. Um, Joe Douglas has to do something. He has to. At this point, there's no way he doesn't. Um, there are a couple of teams who have some excess corners. I think the Saints do. I know the Colts have a couple of good guys. Obviously, the Eagles have a couple of good guys. So, listen, if the Jets have to dump a conditional pick or two to get not even a starter, but to get a solid number four, number five, number six, they need to do it at this point because the top of the depth chart is bad already. It's already bad. Uh, Say what you want about you know, the Jets players, because you're Jets fans. Uh, Tremaine Johnson was a massive disappointment. There's a reason that Brian Poole was signed for a million and a half, two million there's a half, $2 million. And there's a reason why, you know, uh, Roberts wasn't starting last year. He was the number four before, uh, before that uh, a couple of years ago, he was, you know, released from the, the Patriots. He was like our sixth guy, moved up to the fifth spot. So yeah, he's been improving, but um, the top is bad, but this, the, the the next three guys with Nickerson and Meander and Brown and, uh, all of these guys is just, it's, it's really bad at this point. So they need to do something there. Um, on a positive note though, uh, you had Marcus may who uh, looks like he'll be ready for, for week one. He has a helmet on again. He got shoulder pads on again. Uh, Today he was running around in the no practice uh, or the no contact uh, red jersey, um, but it's a big step up because it seemed like he it was very questionable about, about what was exactly happening with uh, Marcus May. But now um, seems like he will be ready for the start of the season, so that's obviously a very big positive. Um, Chandler Catanzaro retired. Uh, we'll talk about his struggles. I'm not going to review the the field goal kicks. He missed two extra points. Um, one of them the laces were in, but listen, you're a professional, you're, you're an NFL kicker. You should probably still make that. Oh, to be completely honest, actually, you know, if it was fifty-five, sixty, even fifty yards away, okay, I understand it really screws you up. But you're like, what is it, extra point, like thirty-three, thirty-five yards away, whatever exactly it is. So, uh, you know, he he retired. Um, he knew he was going to be released anyway, so he just decided to hang the cleats up. And then the Jets signed the new kicker, um, blanking out his name from from last year. Uh, probably should know that but regardless they they signed um he, whatever his name was from last year uh i can pause it and look it up right now but i really don't care enough to be uh Bert, is it bertolette some i think it's like bertolette is his name um they should bring in another body to to compete um with him i'm hoping it's, it's matt bryant who's been a really really accurate kicker he's really old at this point in his career but he's still a very good kicker uh, it's been a little bit weird that like uh, his wife on Twitter has been like liking a lot of stuff about Matt Bryan getting signed to the Jets and responding to things and like doing the eye emojis and stuff like that. So um, I don't know if they're kind of trying to get interest from the Jets or what's happening, but the wife is definitely interested and he's been tweeting out some weird things. So um, I, I don't know why you wouldn't sign this guy for a million and a half, two million dollars uh, for one of the guy for a guy who's been a very very good kicker over his um, entire you know career. Even if not him, bringing a guy like Ross Martin, I still I, I don't understand the whole the whole negative with Ross Martin. Every time I've been in camp, he's been super consistent. Um, unless they're they're making him kick, or unless they were making him kick when when the uh, media wasn't allowed in and he was not doing well. Um, I don't understand why they're so you know kind of uh, down on that guy or so negative about that guy. But um, that's some of the news. I, I probably forgot a thing or two. But uh, in terms of the um, bigger news, that that is what it is um so now going into the uh, giants preseason game like which like I said it's going to be um 30 oh sorry 30 30 plays and as we do I'm going to be a little bit rusty let's be honest uh, I haven't covered a game in a while we usually we're going to do three studs uh our three duds when it's a loss three studs when it's a uh when it's a win like I said if you haven't um if you haven't listened to the previous shows if you're a new listener which we had many new listeners after the season um come on you know come on board to uh to watch the show listen to the show i always start off with three duds three studs and then we go from the bad from the defense or uh, the good from the offense the good from the from the defense the bad from, we, we go over um everything anything that stands out I'll, I'll review it i'll put up some plays there'll be some times where I'll, I'll record 50 plays i'll put up 50 plays on twitter but then for the show can't fit in all 50 so maybe i'll put in 30 35 maybe i will put in 50 it really depends um kind of on what we're feeling for that day so um, for my third dud of the game uh i'm i go, i'm, I'm going to go with the the backup offensive lineman um i thought a couple of the guys uh tom compton actually looked good he's in my he's he's in my guys who played well uh Chumodogo played well and i'll show uh some plays of him in in a little bit but other than that some of the other guys um you know ben braden uh toth uh eric smith uh there's another guy the, the kid from um was it Vander, Vanderbilt? um who was the uh, the right tackle, didn't play too well. So I, th- I thought some of the backup offensive linemen didn't look too good. Um, kind of a reach there, I guess, with the, with the third dud of the game. Uh, could have put some other guys there, but I, I watched I watched those guys. It was just collectively I, I saw a, a bunch of missed blocks, a bunch of bad footwork, a, ba- a bunch of late hands, wide hands. So some of those backup off- on offensive linemen, like I said, uh, minus a guy. Like Compton and Adoga didn't look too um, impressive to me. I, I, Jonathan Harrison was starting this game. He is a backup offensive lineman, and he played relatively well. So you have they have about four backup offensive linemen at this point that uh, you know I feel much more comfortable with. Listen, uh, offensive line is still not done, but going into the offseason season um, or even just looking at the season last year, where you had you had Beecham, Carpenter, uh, Spencer, Long. And then you had uh, Winters and Shell. Going from that to adding, you know, uh, with, with very, very little depth, honestly. There was really no depth on the Jets' offensive line you felt comfortable with. If anybody came in, whether it was like Quale, who was absolutely terrible, one of the backup offensive linemen, Dakota Dozier, they were all really, really bad. But now you look at the starting offensive line, you upgraded from Carpenter to Osemele, who looked very good in this game. Um, from Carpenter to Osemele, you have uh, – you know, you go from long to – or even even if it's Harrison uh, to Khalil, who I'll be doing a review on, that'll be the next show. I'm going to try to get up a lot of that to, uh, today and then do that show in a couple of days. Um, that's a big upgrade. And then Winters, I think I think he's very inconsistent. Uh, I believe I, I did the review on this show of uh, of Winters, or maybe I didn't. I don't know if I – I don't think I did yet. No, I, I didn't do it, but watch that on Twitter. Very, very high, uh, high kind of ceiling type plays that he looks really, really good with his technique. And there's other plays where he completely whips the block. So he's really inconsistent, but I think with a better center near him, he'll play better. Um, and I think with a guy uh, in in Beecham who doesn't have a lot of power in the running game, I think having a guy, you know, like uh, Osemle to, to cross shove or to be the guy who gets hands-on um, onto defensive ends or even, you know, maybe a, a four-eye, whatever it may be, um, to help a guy and, in, in, you know, Beacham get that initial push. I think that'll help him a lot as well. Um, obviously, having got better, you know, having Carpenter uh, versus Beacham. I'm not Beacham. Carpenter versus Assembly next year is going to be a big deal for, uh, you know, a guy in Beacham. So, looking at that, that's a big positive. And then the concern was obviously, like I said, you know, a guy in. Shell, I think, is awful. I don't think he's very good. I think Beachum. I think you might be looking at two new tackles next year. I think the Jets. It's it's not going to be a one year rebuild. They're not going to see four new starters next year. But I think you might you might see Osemile, or Osemile going to be here most likely. Maybe Khalil signs another year deal. I think Winters is good enough to hold the fort. I think I think the the two concerns right now is is Beachum getting older, and then Shell is a liability at times. So I, I think they're going to work their way from tackle uh most likely into center and guard and then assembly will be gone in three years and you'll see a whole new line in, in, in about three, four years. So um but tackles are the two primary concerns right now. But uh then you looked at the backups like I said you're going from guys like uh you know Dakota Dozier and Brent Quala. Now you're looking at Alex Lewis who started 11, 12 games last year. Um actually I think it was ten games um for the Baltimore Ravens at left guard. So that's a solid guard backup. You have Jonathan Harrison who could play guard and center. And like I said, who I think is a little bit overlooked. I think he's actually, he can actually be a decent, a decent player um, with some development, but now he's a backup. And then you have Chuma Doga, uh, who is a backup swing tackle, who is a third round on um, draft pick who looked pretty good this game. So that's a good guy. To tackle you have, you have two good interior guys and you have, uh, you have Compton, Tom Compton, who was who a guy who started for the Vikings last year, in many games, obviously there wasn't, a good offensive line, but you have many guys with, you know, with starting experience and you have a young guy as well. So the the, the offensive line in depth, I think this can... At the end of the year, depending on how they're used, I think this could be an average group, which an average group from a very bad group is a, is a big step up in my opinion. Um, and that was one of the – like I said, it wasn't fully addressed, but it was definitely addressed this offseason, especially once you see you know, you know, see a guy like Joe Douglas comes in, you know it's going to be addressed more going into the future as well. Um, so that's definitely an, ex- an exciting thing for, for the offense. Offensive line is ridiculously important for the entire offense from the run game, pass game, quarterback, picking up stunts and – blitzes and calling out the mic there's a bunch of things that that's going to uh that, that kind of benefits the offense from the offensive line that's where it all starts on offense minus the quarterback so i'm I'm excited to know that they're addressing it. now they address it this offseason or at least a good chunk of it um and it'll be addressed a lot going into the future as well with some of these guys being question marks and getting older um but now, like I said, the, the cornerback group, uh, and I listen, I'm not one of those guys, and I've had people on Twitter, and Twitter's hard because you can't really tell how people are saying it, and there's a very limited number of characters. Um, and I'm, I was saying, you know, the Jets have one of the worst cornerback groups in the NFL right now, and I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to argue that. And I'm not expecting, oh, well, yeah, they have a bad cornerback group, but are you expecting to go to the Super Bowl this year? No, obviously not. They, they still need a few things. They still need depth, at wide receiver. They still need a, a new starter or two on the offensive line. You know, Herndon suspended. You obviously still need corners. You need backup safeties. You need a lot of – you need depth pieces. You need some starters as well. But I don't want to severely limit the front seven and how good they can be with with Williamson and Mosley and both of the Williamses and Henry Anderson and, you know, Jordan Jenkins, you know, et cetera, um, because they're going to be spread out and they're going to be hit with a lot of quick passes. So you need cornerbacks – um, as well and I'm not I'm not saying go get a Jalen Ramsey and Darius Slay and that's like a Super Bowl run I'm not saying that but I want guys who are at least competent if they come in listen if you're putting if a guy in Tran Johnson's out and you're putting Dell Roberts and Kyron Brown um, and Poole as your starting three corners you we're gonna be in it for a long game And that's not even and, and you look at not even Odell Odell Landry uh, was there Rashad Higgins there as well? You got a, you got a lot of good receivers there. Obviously, the Patriots will carve you up. Um, and I forget who did it, but you look at the the, the corners that I mean, the the receivers that the Jets will face this year. They definitely play a lot of good receivers, um, you know, in this season. So, uh, or like yeah, a lot of good receivers. So they need to do something there. Um, for sure, like I said, you don't need to go make a big time trade. But if they signed a, a solid, you know, number four, number five, I would feel much better about it. Um, obviously, not great about it. I would still, it's still it would still be a not a great group. But having, uh, let's say that you know, a guy, from, a random guy from the Eagles and a random guy for the Colts who have had some starters experience but are necessarily good enough to be starters. Um, having them at, like I said, the the four and five is a lot better than uh, what they what they have what they currently have right now. Like I said, it's 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 pretty bad, but uh. I kind of went on a couple different places there, but back off offensive linemen, um, Toth, Smith, and Braden, who I don't think either either of those three make the team, to be completely honest. Um, they were bad because, like I said, you're, you're most likely going to carry nine or ten, and, and four of those uh, five potential spots as backups are going to be um, Adoga, Compton, Harrison, and uh, Alex Lewis, who, like I said, they they traded for for conditional pick from the Ravens, who has some starter experience at, at left guard. I think he played some left tackle as well, um, in his career, so he could play a bunch of different positions. So I don't think any of those four guys made it, and they didn't, you know, they didn't help themselves to be completely honest. Um, you know, in this game, uh, number two dud of the game, I'm going to go with uh, this guy uh, who was cut on the bottom of the screen. Um, in in Derek Jones, like I said, he is a guy who. Um was hyped up a little bit too much because people saw a player two in camp uh and this isn 't the best angle for it i 'll show a different angle um this is this is a this is a mistake you do not want to make as a as a cornerback and I know Marcus would agree with me um when you 're inside leverage which i 'll show this is the better version you can see you can see this this version he's a, he's uh you can see he 's a lot more head uh inside leverage than, than the other version like right here he doesn 't look that head that uh inside but on this view, you could definitely say he's he's much more um, inside than the other view. And when you're inside leverage, you do not want to shoot the outside hand. If you're going to shoot that outside hand, be heads up or, or even outside, because then he has to work through your hips. If that or if that outside arm is defeated, um, when you shoot your when you shoot your right arm like that, especially you're taking a really wide step like that, that's one. Well, that's an exaggerated step. So at this point already without the hands he's already all he's not he's not in good he's not in any good position right now to turn and run when you're split like that try to turn and run from from it from an even you know good base like that like this is fine bend i like how his hands are more up and ready at the, at the snap so that's a good that's a good pre-snap um but that really widened step right there um it's gonna make him harder to transition and especially because the arm gets like double swiped away um now guess what his hips are locked inside um, because he shot that hand and and he's spread out, so he's locked and spread. So he makes it even harder for him to transition and run. You can see how he completely has to get into that transition run right there. Um, he's not able to to catch up. Um, ball is placed around to the uh, the receiver's arms, and he makes the 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 tackle. But uh, like I said, not a not a good not not even like okay, he screwed up this or this or the rep, and you know um you know that would have been a hard play, but. Just knowing pre snap alignment and, and when you're supposed to jam like this and when you're not supposed to, um, with, with correct alignment. Like I said, if he was if he was more heads up to outside, you know what? Do I do I like that exaggerated step and it's kind of a slow jam? Look how long it takes him to get his hands up right here. So it's it's pretty delayed where the receiver uses the, the, you know, the get even technique where his feet are even. So now he could cut inside or outside. So he's the, the receiver's not even pressing you off the snap. And, and he's kind of, and he's, he's delayed in that, in that, in that punch right there. And look how off balance he is right here. Even before he lands it, he really had to stick that arm in there um, on his chest to, to blow back the receiver before, uh, you know, to make it effective. So that was, he took a big shot right there doing that. And it failed, obviously. Um, and that's with having, you know, even even with having the correct leverage, I wouldn't necessarily love that jam. So um, he made a big mistake with, with that play. Um, and that was one of the reasons uh, that, you know, that was one of the plays that he obviously looked pretty bad and that he was uh, one of the reasons he was cut. Uh, let me go to my next uh, play of him, which is play 21. And this is another play where he just didn't look very good. Um, and he could have got beat on this play as well. Uh, he's inside leverage again, which in the, which in the red zone, um, third and three, I, I prefer inside leverage because a lot of, you're going to have a lot of quick passes um, in the red zone, a lot of slants, a lot of drags, a lot of snags, a lot of jerk routes, a lot of in, inward breaking routes. So you want to make it really tough for the receivers to get inside. So I'm fine with the inside leverage right here. Uh, I like to see him get a little bit closer to the line, to be completely honest, because you're giving him a little bit of room to cut inside there, but that's okay. Um, again, like another get even. And he just stares at Derek Jones' eyes – or eyes, is, at, uh, at his eyes. And sorry, by the way, uh, just for people who are new to this show, um, who haven't been watching since last preseason, preseason there's not any game film, so I don't get the bird's eye view. I can't get the re- the, the view right behind the offensive lineman and behind the defensive lineman, which is really, really beneficial for a line play. I only get broadcast. So I do the best I can with broadcast view to, to break down players. Um, and Jones, he hesitates. Like I said, I – press coverage without getting your hands on listen it, it could be an ag- aggressive jump jam it could be a one-arm shoot it could be it could be an offhand uh, hand jam and, and, and you keep alternating as they as they try to cut away from it um it could be a foot fire jam it could be you know like I, I think i said soft shredding it could be a bunch of different jams that you could do which i'll show all those different types of jams throughout the season and, and what they are um but the jam that you can't do is not get your hands on because you completely take it out of the way effectiveness of getting your hands on, feeling the route stem, um, et cetera. So he doesn't get his hands on. His hands are low, and he doesn't shuffle to stay in front of him, which you, you want to stay in front of him. Listen, if you want to cheat a little bit inside, that's fine. Um, but you do at least want to get an, you know, at least your hands on if you're going to stay this much inside. What happens is he doesn't get his hands on, and he allows the he literally allows eighty four to just run right past him. he 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 pretty much did no defense right here. If 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 I showed you this play and just like erase Derek Jones, you'd be like, oh, was he was this just a fader out in practice? Like it looks like he literally didn't even play against a defensive back here because Derek Jones literally did nothing. And you know he he gives the whole like stare down after the play, but uh, hey. Look, this is a lot of room. <laughs> let's let's be honest. If the ball is on target right here. It's it's a pretty easy catch for a touchdown, even if it wasn't a great or great ball and it was kind of low. Um, Derek Jones is in no position to, to play this ball. So uh, I hate, and I, I know Marcus does this as well. And I'm like I said, I'm really excited to get him back on the show. I hate when players do stare downs or like the finger wag or you know any type of any type of cocky gesture when you were beat on a play, but the quarterback threw a shitty ball or the running back made a shitty cut or whatever it was. Look how much room was here at the end of this play. This is, that's a lot of room in the NFL. Uh, So he was beat here, bad throw by uh, number three, whoever, whoever that may be um, on the giants roster. So he gets my number two, um, dud of the game, uh, number one dud of the game guy who, unless he really steps up to the rest of the camp, he's going to be cut. I don't expect the Jets to carry four quarterbacks anyway. I think the Jets carrying three quarterbacks would be quite foolish, to be completely honest. I think if you cut Davis Webb or Luke Falk and you want them on your practice squad, you're most likely going to be able to do that um, because who really wants these guys, let's be completely honest, um, and I don't think it's it's worth a roster spot when, listen, the Jets a couple years ago, I remember the, whole, remember the whole big argument was that 2015 16 it was hackenberg petty hackenberg petty uh geno smith and fitzpatrick and people were killing each other over three or four three or four three or four what should we do i'm like listen i to be completely honest i don't care three or four because the rest of the depth the rest of the roster is so bad do you really want the 53rd guy in the jets roster right now he's probably gonna go four and 12 who can't really win a game like i don't care about you know those type of players carry four i couldn't give two less craps about to be completely honest you have such a bad roster now, the Jets this year, um, like I said, they do have more depth um, than years previous. They have a better roster. So, with some of the players who are now starters or would be starters from a couple of years ago are getting now pushed down to, to lower um, role-player type spots. So, you know, carrying that third quarterback maybe means you have to cut a guy in, in James Burgess, Jr., who I think could play a role in this defense. Or it means cutting a guy like maybe Daniel Brown, um, who, who Gates likes. Or maybe that means cutting... You know, a guy like Neville Hewitt or, you know, these, these bottom fringe type guys who I think are worth carrying who can make an impact on this team and, you know, in a reserve role. So um, at this point, Trevor Simeon has shown no signs of being an injured, often injured quarterback. Uh, Donald was hurt for a game or two last year, and I think he could have played, you know, probably in that Titans game, but they, they figured, okay, road game uh, versus a tougher opponent. Let's let Josh McCown, you know, play this game. And um, obviously, uh, Darnold benefited greatly from from sitting down midseason and, and watching McCown and how he handled himself in the huddle and how patient he was and how willing he was to take checkdowns, etc., um, which helped Darnold out, obviously, a lot. And Darnold has alluded to that many, many times. Um, but these these quarterbacks, uh, specifically Webb, was, were bad. Uh, Falk, actually, I put him in the good category. Like I said, I'll talk about all these guys in a little bit. Um really say there's nothing really with the offensive line to to note in my opinion. Uh, but so the this is not one of those like not one of these shows. I'm not gonna do it for any of the shows really. It's it's more for the player reviews where it's more in depth, which I, I try to go as much in depth as I as I can, but you know the Jets run a you know like a like a streak seam in the body of the streak in the seam um right here from the from the number one and number two. And the Giants drop into uh, cover three buzz where they're showing, you know, cover four, cover two potentially, or, or soft cover two. You have the safety drop down to, as he's buzzing. Um, so you have cover three buzz right here. You have this corner on the bottom of the screen dropping into his exit angle to get into the curl to flat. Uh, Dortch presses outside first. And then I like, I like how he, he – nice little uh, club right there. To clear his body, he he does catch a hand right there, but I I like the uh, I like the club he to avoid that instead of getting caught completely in the chest. Um, he finds the open area be, be you know between the intermediate and deep uh, deep uh, zones of the defense. Uh, he's he has a big zone right here to hit. This is this is pretty open in the NFL, um, and Webb looks like he rips the ball a little bit. Like I said, I'd like to have a better version of this, but you see how his hips and his upper body don't really disconnect right here. It is a it is maybe a little bit, but Eh, well, maybe actually. Yeah, I'm actually not gonna. It's it might be a little bit of of ripping that ball, but um, his form doesn't look terrible right there. No, he just he just overthrows it, overthrows Dorch. Um, I guess he's not used to throwing to him. Dorch is, sh- is obviously a shorter guy, um, but good route by Dorch, but bad miss by Webb. Uh, I'm not gonna bring up too many plays of Webb. He did have an interception. Um, as well, which was partially, I think, pass interference, to be completely honest, because uh, Tim White got his hand held um, on that play, so he couldn't really go up for the ball. Um, Webb tried to chuck it up there, but minus that even. You know, two two of seven for 11 yards, two interceptions, one being for um, a pick six because the ball got tipped. Great play by the linebacker, but Davis Webb did not look good um, at all. But to get into the positives of uh, at least the, the three studs of the game, my um, number – Three is Frankie Louvu, um, who had six total tackles. I thought he looked really good, and and he's he, honestly, man, he's he's an underdog. Of, it's not like not an underdog. He's overlooked a lot. He played pretty well for an undrafted guy um, last year. He made he made some damn good plays. He was trucking guys over um, in the Titans game. Super aggressive guy. Super aggressive mindset. I think this is a guy that Greg Williams is going to use a little bit more than people think that he is. Uh, he's he's definitely an interesting player, um, and on this play. Uh, which I'll get into. Blake Cashman. Blake Cashman made a lot of like wrap up tackles, and I think just because people saw number fifty three making tackles in the game, they just assumed that he was playing really well. Is this really a great play by Cashman? Uh, I, I guess you know he's he's wrapping him up. But you're gonna see you're gonna say, uh, see see Louvu on the top of the screen right here on the edge, and like I said, the aggressive mindset that he has is is just fantastic. Even a preseason game, um, him chasing down this play where a lot of players are just gonna turn around and look at what's happening. Um, and you're gonna have Luvu, who makes a really really smart play right here. Um, now you'd never want to try to punch the ball unless you can wrap him up and then punch the ball. Unless you, if you're supremely confident in your tackling skills, you could do that. But for the most part, it's frowned upon. If you're the second guy there, punch that damn ball out. Especially when you're when you're when he's standing up like this, um, you can see that the ball is loose. It's a chicken wing out there. Luvu comes in, which, by the way, people are arguing with me again on Twitter. Oh, well, Cashman forced this fumble. Cashman was a part of it. He was holding him up, but Cashman had no part of this fumble um, other than wrapping the guy up. So uh, Luvu does a great job coming from behind, seeing the ball loose out like that. You're going to see him come up with the right right there and, and uppercut the ball right there. So really, really smart play by to um, You know, he's coming in as a second guy um, on the tackle. You have Hewitt, uh, Hewitt who recovers a fumble, so I'll play it in full speed. Uh, good, smart, aggressive play. Um, like I said, you, you love his motor. You love how aggressive he plays. And for his body, um, how, like, I think he's like 250, but he plays strong as hell. He is, he's he's going to be a fun player to watch this year. I know I, I said that James Burgess Jr. could push him for his job, and that might be a little bit of a competition. Uh, I don't think so. Um, I think the only way that, that Burgess makes this team – is if uh, the Jets decide to carry five, you know, an extra inside linebacker, outside linebacker. I think he's officially listed um, as an outside linebacker, but he plays kind of both roles. He's kind of like a, like a hybrid-type piece, um, you know, for the Jets. Uh, next, The next guy I'm going to bring up, um, I only have one play of him uh, because, because I'm going to go into Darnold, and he's going to have a few more plays involved in that, and I'll kind of bring him up. Uh, but Coletio Semile, man, he, he played really well um in his first series as a jet um left guard and he looked like the player uh, I saw in the beginning of 2018 um he looked like a player he he was in Oakland when he was a, a pro bowler all pro uh he looked fantastic um in this in this game um and on this play uh you have the jets who run you know they run an inside zone and you have uh, assembly working on the, uh, backside combo block with the center, which is a Charlie block. And they work up to the, to the Mike backer. And, oh, obviously, you know, the one, the, the good thing is one hair. I like, I like Harrison, how he's patient. He gets his hands inside right there. So that, that's good. Um, Harrison is, is the post, um, you know, on this play, uh, Osemi could get his hands a little bit lower, but it doesn't matter. He's so freaking powerful. You're going to see him create a lot of displacement right here. You see how he completely moves 97 out of the way. 97 was going to try to anchor down right there. You see him. could you see him kind of dropping that uh, the instep of the, of the left foot. And he's going to try to turn his body away um, and sink his hips versus Osemi, which is not going to happen very often. Um, Osemi is going to move you on a combo block there. You have to be absurdly strong or or have Osemi have really bad technique um, to, to for him to not move you, so he moves him off that hash. He moves him a good two, three yards, and he has really, really good timing, um, of that linebacker. As you can see, as he gets his hands on, his eyes are on that linebacker now. As the linebacker tries to, you know, tries to cut to, to make the tackle on Montgomery, you're going to see Osemele use some of that length, comes over top with like that uh ha- that half moon punch. Uh, obviously, you know, <laughs> if you want to see it land on the shoulder. It kind of kind of almost punches him in the face right there, but it's enough to shock him, and then Osemele... You're going to see you, you. see how the right arm stays on um, the uh, – what is he? Uh, he's a one-tech, a backside one-tech. Pushes him, keeps his arm on. He gets that – comes over with that half-moon, and then you're going to see his, upper, his other arm come, like, with that uh, uppercut right there underneath the armpit of the linebacker. Pushes him back. Um, he ends up tripping over his own guy, but it counts as a pancake. And then you see Osama, too, which he didn't fall on top of the guy um, by mistake. Osemele likes to try to pound guys into the ground, even though he misses. This is the aggressive mindset you see where guys are on the ground, he's gonna try to like 300 plus pounds on top of you every single time. Uh, I think he's like what 310 or 315 in the season. He's played like 320 over his years, so I think he's he dropped some weight. I believe maybe 305. He's he's a little bit lighter, but he's still he's still a big, big dude, strong dude. Um, and I love the aggressive mentality that this guy has. You're on the ground, he's finishing that damn block. So uh, good play by Osemele. I gave him the number two um, stud of the game. Because you just cannot, you cannot not be impressed with with how he played on. A, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll show a couple of other plays. Um, the number one stud of the game, I, I think, was pretty damn easy uh, from a from a film aspect. Uh, Forenzo Lorenzo uh, was by far the player who who showed the most. Now, if Osemele so played more, yeah, we have more plays probably. Uh, but Osemele already knows he's the starting left guard of this team. It's it's not really in question. Fato is a guy who's fighting for a rush spot right now. And I think if it, obviously after this game he started to receive more, uh, more first team reps. I talked him up a lot on Twitter um before that came out. And um he listen, he played well. He was a sixth round pick last year. Um he's always been powerful, but this 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 game, uh, he looks completely different than he did last year in the regular season, even in the preseason. The preseason looked lost. Um not good technique, not good explosion. Um this game, he was he was really, really good. Um and I'll show a couple of plays where I, I think he cemented himself into the roster, unless he completely falls off a cliff, um, you know, in these, in these next couple of games. And this is a good play by both him and Luvu, who, who I, I did talk about. Um, Berenice Fadokasi right here, who all game he had good snap timing, and all game he was the first jet off – well, when he was in at least, he was consistently the first jet off, off of the snap on the defensive line. So he had good timing, good explosion off the snap. Um, faces a combo block first. Uh, at, at first, here in the first phase of this of this play, he gets his hands inside of the postman. Uh, you're in. You have the you have the high leg and the postman, the the center, of the left guard, the left guard. He takes in the postman, uh, gets his hands inside, extension, and he, he's reading the running back, reading the running back, reading the running back. He's going into the he's going into the B gap where he thinks the running back is cutting, or at least where his uh, where his path is right now. He sees the running back cut back. He's going to. You see him pull with that right arm. You see that pull. Like I said, his hands were good this game. Uh, he, I was really, really impressed with with Fadokasi. Um, right hand comes over right here, pulls him down, paired with the club as he sees that running back cutting back, and he's getting in on a tackle with uh, with with Luvu. Luvu. If Luvu didn't make that tackle, he's gonna run right into Fadokasi. Uh, Luvu was uh, obviously a stand-up linebacker right here. The Jets are in a four-three overlook, and it looks like this. Uh, this receiver, you know, came in underneath the tight end. So you had this, uh, this defensive back, uh, you know, kind of like flexed into the box, but this is a, this is a four, three overlook. And, um, you have Luvu who's standing up as the, uh, as one of the outside linebackers and as a Sam and obviously presses the line of scrimmage. She sees the running back in the lane. He dives and makes a tackle. So, and this is pretty fast too. It's, uh, Good job closing ground. Good job diving at the ankles. Makes a tackle for – is it for a loss? Uh, maybe for a loss. Maybe like a quarter of a yard or whatever it may be. But uh, good play by both of them um, there. And like I said, I do have more plays of uh, Fado Kassi because he looked good, man. So uh, he's going to be the, the one tech right here. I'm circling him um, uh, as the Giants go on to this – what is it? Three by one. They have three by one to the wide tight end right here, um, and again, who's the first one off the snap? It's Fadokasi. Uh, Fadokasi gets, like I said, first off the snap, burst, hands inside, extension, gets his eyes into the backfield. Um, they, obviously, they, the Giants run a draw. He sees that the running back is is going to you know cut through his the play side a gap. Um, like I said, because he gets a good extension, um, the, the, you know, number 64 doesn't really have any, any, uh, any kind of power into the, into the blocker there. He's getting, he's getting moved backwards right here from Fadokasi. Fadokasi sees it, drops his hips, plants hard with that left, which is, uh, like I said, he's, he's pushing the, the, the guard backwards. So as he pushes the guards backwards, it's going to be harder for him to react upfield to get back on that block. if Fadokasi is dropping his hips and, and reacting to the play. Um, he gets his left hand free. He closes ground uh, horizontally. Gets his one arm in there. Makes the tackle, you know, by himself, paired with uh, with with uh, Cashman, who moved that tight end backwards um, into the play. So another good play by by Fadokasi um, on that play. Then I have two more plays of him. Let me see where they are. 23 and 26. Okay. So this next one, I think, is this the best? I think this was the best one. Yeah the The snap timing doesn't get much better than this. He he almost he's so close that he literally a, a split second before this, he would have jumped offsides. He timed the snap absurdly well. Um, that is ridiculous snap timing. Um, the center literally has no shot at his hand up because you have obviously your hand has to go between your legs you have to snap the ball back. So at the best he's gonna have a left hand in, in oh shit mode and try to recover. Not gonna be not gonna happen. Um, explodes off of the ball, hands inside extension runs his feet runs his feet runs his feet uh hard plant with the right right here widens out like i said if he's pushing him back the the center is to obviously have to like rock back and then come back into the block so he's really no shot at, at getting back into that block instantly so amazing snap timing great hand placement great job extending great job running the feet great job looking at the running back um dropping your dropping your hips getting that left arm out there uh good good hand strength to to grab him and stand that with a with a ta- with a uh, with a center on your you know try to you know basically on your back and he makes a tackle really and I'll play that in full speed you know two or three times just to see how gr- this is a good freaking play by Fadokasi. um and I know people are going to say Darnold Donald Donald why wasn't he in it you'll see in a little bit I'll explain it um and, and my feelings so great play by Fadokasi. uh next play this. But we will get into the, the negatives of the offense and the defense before we get into the, the, the good of the offense and defense. Like I said, um, if it's a win, it's 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 reverse. We go uh, three studs first, then we go three duds, then we go from the good from the offense and defense, then we go from the bad. But this is how it works when we lose. This is how I do it. Um, next play from uh, Fatoukasi on this play. And... Another play, it's it's pretty similar. Um, his snap timing and explosion this game was really good. It's explosion plus snap timing and strength. If a guy is going to get his hands onto you first, he's strong, um, and that's because of the snap timing as well into into that explosion. To go, you're not. Man, I was really impressed. Like I said, I'm, I'm gushing a little bit, but Falcao is easily the number one in this game. If you had anything different, I don't know what you're watching. Hands inside, extension, running his feet again. Sees that the run is going away from um, the the the, uh, the the gap that he is in the a gap. Um, what is he What is he going to do? Drop his hip again right there. Drops his hips. Cuts. He pulls him so he he goes with this like this bull jerk pull uh, push pull bull jerk. So he pulls jer- he, he bowls him back. Jerks him away um, from the from the gap that he's trying to get to. And as he pulls him, he comes through with the rip right here. Clears his hips, so the push creates that 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 uh, ground kind of vertically. The the jerk clears himself uh, horizontally as he steps through with the rip and with his hips at the same time. So good job linking the hands and the feet right there. Gets in on the tackle. Uh, good, good play again by Fadokasi. Uh, he's a guy I'll be looking out for a lot. This, the rest of this preseason to see if he's going to be the primary backup along with Steve McClendon listen uh, the jets obviously you have your you have your three four star- you have your three four starters book uh, obviously but you have Anderson both Williams's and then you have uh Steve McClendon but listen man if, if he's the number five uh, and he's playing this well uh you're gonna see McClendon's time start to drop a little bit and you're gonna see a lot more photocoy um and if we, we have a really good backup to spell these interior defensive linemen listen you know if 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 McClain has to come out as fadokasi keeps playing this or quinn Williams has to come out as fadokasi uh etc you know keep going on and on with that um it's, it's obviously it's gonna to be a drop off but if he can spell like this i don't know how much drop off there is there's there's guys who are six round picks who develop into good players so you can't judge a guy off his first year now as a guy who was saying i don't know if he's gonna make the roster and i pick him not to make the roster but i didn't see this last year so um people develop we have to give guys for late round draft picks even more time than first second round picks, so uh he sh- clearly showed improvement so uh really good really good game from him um bad from the offense uh, I don't have any plays uh, of this it seems like um but some of the things I noticed uh Tim White, a guy who we talk about all the time let me just take a sip of water really quick sorry um a guy who has been impressing at camp, He, you know, Tim White, big play. Tim White this. Tim White, plenty of catches. This is why preseason. And, listen, I, I love going to camp and I can go there. Like I said, the only way I can go there is getting two hours of sleep driving out there, uh, having to work the next night. It's just not going to happen. It's not worth it. This is why, it, really, training camp means so little. It, it, it really does. Uh, Tim White exploding in, in training camp comes in and it makes no, re- he has no catches, you know. Uh, now, could this change around? Could he have a really good game versus the Falcons versus the Saints or the Eagles or whatever and second the roster? Yes, but uh, training camp means very, very little. So, uh, Tim White had no receptions, is not a good look for him, obviously. Trying to fight to make the roster that, that sixth receiver spot. They do carry one. Uh, like I said, backup offensive lineman. Uh, I put this as offense because you know, I can put it in special teams as well. Uh, Cat and Zero missing two extra points is obviously not good. Um, and he got cut, retired, whatever you want to call it uh westco he was a guy who i noticed a couple times he he was a little bit slow with his blocks where like he would work on a combo block and then try to peel off to the second level on a linebacker or be in a pass set and be assisting a guy with like a hand check but then not expect the linebacker to be so fast so in his first game it looks like he not necessarily with power he looks like he struggled with the speed of of the other team uh he'll have to get used to that um you you can't drop your drop your anchor or you know, drop your post foot um, as late as you could in college. Show it's his first game as a fourth round pick. I'm not going to go crazy over it, but it's something I I wanted to note down. Um, uh, Polite is a guy, uh, Jakai Polite, who who he struggled a little bit. He made two, he had two tackles. He made a good play in the run defense, but overall, I think in his pass rush, he he looked a little slow. And I don't think it was necessarily slow because of explosion. He does look a little bit thicker than he does in college. I'd like to see him drop a little bit of weight if he's going to lose some of that explosion. He he still looked explosive at times. He looked timid. He he looked like he was, and, and he looked like he was swimming out there a little bit. And it was it kind of confirmed some some reports from training camp where, um, obviously, the last couple of weeks he's been stepping up more. He went from the third team to the second team and started playing more. And he came into some nickel looks, etc. So he started to play some more. But when the game when the lights came on, uh, snap timing was late, which is not consistent with his play from Florida. Um, he would concede his rushes pretty early into the play. Definitely thinking too much, definitely timid. So he needs to pick his game up. Um, he's a guy who might need to develop. And listen, people are going to say, oh, third round draft pick. But was he a third round draft pick because of talent or was he a third round draft pick because of the off the field interview type stuff? Ja'Kai Polite um, before all this stuff was going to probably be like anywhere from like 15 to 25 on my board. So he's, he was great as a first round pick for me from the guys that I watched. So he first round talent. So let's not just say, Oh, he's a third round pick for a reason. It's not like he's Jordan Jenkins ready to a clean slate and then came in as a third round pick for a reason because of talent, um, explosiveness, et cetera, that Jordan Jenkins was lacking coming out of Georgia. Um, play, if this stuff didn't happen, he killed the interviews, et cetera. He'd be a first round traffic. Most likely I can almost like could bet. I would bet a lot of money on that. So, um, he looked timid he's thinking too much so hopefully that improves um, some of the other plays I'll, I'll bring up um, the uh, the backup uh, defensive backs uh, did not look good to me um, many of them from Middleton to Nickerson to Chiron uh, Brown um, wh- whoever it may be they did not look good um, on this play we're going to be looking at Nickerson who is in the slot he has inside leverage you know that's fine um, so Slot. I don't really have too much of a preference. Um, inside, outside. It, it, it depends on what you have behind you to be clear. so if, if you have a safety, maybe you want to play a little bit more outside. Um, you want to. You want to kind of. If you have help inside, get outside because you, there's a lot more congestion in, in here. Um, but the slot, the position that makes that so versatile, is you can go outside, you can go inside. It's 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 a harder it's a hard position to play. Kyle Smith talked about it last week when we were talking when we were on the, the podcast. He made a good point. Slot receivers are really important in the NFL. Quick hitters, who's closest to the quarterback, the slot receiver. Um, so uh, Nickerson is in is in press. Uh, unfortunately, he's two three yards off uh, because the they're in a, like a standard slot formation right here to the top of the screen. Um, you're going to have the slot guy off the line of scrimmage. Um, so there's already two three uh, yards of room or two three yards of of room between these guys. So I like to see him get a little bit more close to the line right here i reduce some of that room. I don't like the room in press. I really don't like that catch man coverage. They call it two, three yards off the line of scrimmage. I, I don't like it at all. Um, squat. If you're going to squat, say five to seven yards back. If you're going to play off, off and bail or whatever it may be, you know, you're usually seven to 10, but anywhere from like that that, two, that, that like two to three to five range is, is just super sketchy because you can't look at the quarterback. You can't really get your hands on. So I don't like where he is necessarily right off the jump right here. I'm fine with the inside leverage though. Um, so the problem here is uh, I'm not sure if he's looking high. I can't I can't really – you can't tell if his eyes are low or high right here. Regardless, what happens is he gets a hesitation move outside. What does he do? You see his hips has his hips angle off outside. So he doesn't completely open up, but they just – slight angle outside. If they're angle off like that outside, so your hips – like I said, now it's going to be harder to transition inside. Your momentum's going outside. Your hips are opening up outside. It's going to be harder for you to plant off that left foot and spin back inside to play that ball. Um, so he – he angled off too early right here. He needs to stay square. So, and this and this leads to me thinking that he was looking up high, because it looked like he's reacting to that 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 stab outside. Um, just a slight hesitation, like a little bit of like a like a, a foot fire right there with the with a stab outside. But he reacts to it, giving um, you know the easy inside. The quarterback hits him. Um, he tries to play the ball. Uh, he doesn't have a, a ton of length, so if he is beat, he's not going to really be able to make it up. He doesn't have, like, Patrick Peterson-length arms or anything like that. Um, he, at this point, you probably, if he if he knows he's not going to be able to make the play on this ball, which he tries to, you'd like to see him be a little more conservative right here um, and not play at such a flat angle. You see he tries to really cut underneath of this and play the ball. I would like to see him stay more of an upfield hip. Listen, man. Um, don't try to be a hero in this play. So that's another negative for me. Don't try to be a hero. If you know, you're beat inside, play out of field shoulder, rally, make the tackle. You know, crap. I gave up uh, a five, six yard slant, but then guess what? It's third and two, it's third and three, maybe third and four. You make the tackle. Now, now you're on third down. You have a chance the next snap to get him off, off of the field. But because he tries to dive for the ball right here where he was really pretty, he's pretty far away. It re- wasn't really very close to be completely honest. And it looks close, but it's really not that close. Um, He's not able to wrap him up. He grabs a jersey. Uh, you have Doug Middleton, who comes down um, at a aggressive angle, um, and he gives up to touchdown. Uh, Middleton on this play as well, uh, really, really bad. Not, not a good play from him. Now, is it easy to make a, a, a tackle one-on-one with the receiver in the open field? No, um, but I would see him be a little bit more conservative, You know, run his feet right here, stay square, You know, shuffle with him in the open field, transition your hips if he cuts back inside, whatever it may be. But I would see him stay more conservative right here and not come down so hard. Where if he beats you, he's gone. Where if you stay more conservative, you're making change angles. Maybe you have a guy in a pursuit, uh, come you know pursuing from the backside who can come and tackle him. So he comes down a little bit too hard right here, um, too fast. Um, where we'll I would see him stay more over top. If he's gonna come down a little bit more, I would see him stay over top right here because he really does give up that a lot of room in that cutback angle. So bad play by Nigerson. Bad play by um, Middleton, who uh, seems to be a little bit in a doghouse right now. Listen, if frontis Miles is playing over over you in a coverage role as a backup safe, that's. Nice. It's not a good thing. So, um, the so I went over the good and the bad. Uh, good from the offense. I gave I gave Donald a a good from the offense. I didn't give him a bad from the offense. And and the reason being is, listen, if this first pass was an interception, his game would be viewed a lot differently. You know, four of four or five or whatever it may be. You know, let's just say the stats are the same, four or five, and one of those passes was an interception for. You know, even if he was tackled right away, that's that's a much worse game. If he has one touchdown, worse one interception. This ball, um, you know, it it was not an easy ball to catch for a guy, um, in uh and Collins, but it still could have been an interception. That's the point of it. Uh, people re- view plays a lot differently because based on re- based on the result. Where let's say Donald throws a bad pass in the first quarter against the Bills. And it's you know a, a interception for a pick six. Um, that's the worst result you can get. But regardless, it's still a bad pass. Where if it was a play that the, the, the Bills receiver, or the Bills cornerback dropped and it hit his chest, but it fell on the ground, it's still the same bad play by Donald. It still hit the guy. It still hit the the, the Bills defender in the chest. It was still a bad read, bad throw, whatever it may have been. But because of what happened on the defense um, and their inability to make a play, whatever it may have been, it's, it's looked at a lot differently. You have to look at it. How it how it happens and and what Donald did instead of the re, the results. This is not a good play by Donald. Um, I don't think Donald's stupid quarterback. Uh, and Donald said it on on this. He, he it's not that he did, people say oh well you know I think he saw a man. I do not think that at all. He also came out and he kind of smiled about it. He he thought he could fit this ball into to a Nunwa. He did not get distracted by this play. This is a very this is the most basic form of cover three, um four underneath three three deep. You have the guy. You have the you have the you the strong safety come down and takes it, his it takes his angle, exit angle into the flat. Listen, if he's having issues reading basic cover three, that's a big problem. This is not this is not what happens. Darnold, like I said, smelled that after the game. He thought he could fit the ball in there. He sees there's no confusion right here. He sees number 21 getting into his exit angle to the flat. He sees his eyes on Darnold, indicating obviously zone coverage as well. Um, Darnold thought that he could fit the ball into a noon while on that speed out. Which in reality, if if he if he saw if he saw um, peppers right here twenty one taking that exit angle, he should have hit Carndon right here. Um, to be completely honest, Sophie, this is this is a bad play. Uh, the first play. Listen, it's I'm not killing Donald. I like Donald. I liked him more than a lot of people before the draft. I liked him a lot more last year. I just did a show about him a month ago or so about Where I gushed about him for for an hour, or two hours, three hours, whatever it may have been. I think it was three hours altogether. Um, I did two shows, 151 plays. Um, I think he's going to be great, to be completely honest. I think he's going to be in that top 10 range this year. I think he has the potential to be a top five quarterback. So before, oh, this guy's a Jets hater and, you know, he doesn't like Darnold, He doesn't know what he's talking about. This is not a good play by him. Um, Now, was it a terrible decision? Yes and no. He has the arm talent. He's he's a gunslinger type guy. He's going to take some risks. If you're going to do this, he has room to the sideline right here. Put the ball outside. So, so this is not great accuracy by Donald. So, great accuracy paired with or not great accuracy paired with a risky decision is what happens right here. Um, the ball goes off of uh, off his fingertips, like I said, or kind of off of one palm. So he could have made this play. Um, there's plenty of room right here. Yeah, he couple of, couple of yards to the sideline. Um, so he thought he could fit this ball in. He saw him on the exit angle. He did not misread cover three. I severely doubt that. But like I said. What would have been a better play right here? Oh, exit angle. Uh, you have Herndon with outside leverage, uh, good three, four yards, five yards of the uh, of the hook to seam defender right here in the cover three. He's breaking out outside, put the ball right in his body. As soon as he breaks back, he'll probably most likely fall back for a first down. Um, but instead, he you know first play of the game, uh, first play of the of the, uh, the the season and preseason. He tried to be a little bit risky, um, and he won't do that again. It's he did not misread cover three. I can guarantee that. So. He tried to fit the ball, and he smiled about it. Um, and that's you know what happened in in, in my opinion. So, um, next play, the Jets run this like air raid type concept. You have three by one set. Um, you have Tray. Uh, so it's not if It's Tray on the bottom right here. Uh, like I said, three by one reduced split from that from that Tray set. And let's see, so they, so this is like an air raid type concept. Uh, you have like Nick Saban run this a bunch. Where you have the mesh. You have the mesh from 82. Um yeah, sorry, you have, the, you have the mesh from 82 and eighty-one, um, which is a which is a it's a it's a man beater, and then you have um the crease. I called it I called it a, a so it's like a – it's a switch crease mesh concept. They're all it's all kind of tied into one. Um in my opinion, you had Rob Anderson who had who had the option to either um You know, break up field right here. We have the crease where a crease is, like I said, just a reverse mill. So the mills, you have the outside run the post and the inside run the, um, the dig, and then you have the you have the switch right there where they're switching their stems. So that's that's where the switch comes from it. And then you had the crease where he's working into the into the uh, to the seam. Then Anderson, I think, could have broken inside as well, but based on the the coverage, um, he sits it down inside right there on that hook. Is at least in my opinion what happens. So you have like the. uh, the switch cre- cre- uh, crease mesh concept, um, where you can almost call it like a like a like a seam mesh too, where you're attacking the seam and the mesh depends on what you come from. But it's a good, it's a well-designed play. I think it's gonna be a big part of this Jets' uh, offense this year. It's a man beater. It's a zone beater um, because listen, uh, the the mesh beats beats man. Uh, it's really hard to play anybody on a drag. Uh, now the the part that beats the zones is the is the crease type concept because. Uh, it it forces it forces guys to play with outside leverage if they're in zone most likely uh, cover three are going to be outside um, on that outside receiver on that on that post or the dig Um on the inside as well um, you're taking away that inside guy so if it's a, let's just say it's cover three you're going to have the outside receiver playing um, you know inside or outside outside leverage on an in, inward breaking route, which is a hard play to 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 beat. And then uh or kind of a hard position to, to beat a receiver on. And then that inside uh breaking dig or you know post. Like I said it can be bent a little bit around what type of coverager is. Um you're removing that cover three safety. If it's cover four then it's then it's 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 man on man and your guy has inside leverage for the most part. Um, cover 2 they're removing that 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 deep half, and then you have the one guy in there by himself if it's it's just a basic cover 2 zone um this is this is a it's a mixture of of a man and a zone beater which is a really good any any play that has a a man and a zone beater into it um is a good play um now good block good blocks by the jets offensive line um you know minus i guess eh, there's really there's listen, this is he drops back. You know, there's he's one, two, three. He's about three, four seconds right here. Uh, Shell does end up getting beat um, around around the edge because Shell is he's just he's not very good to be completely honest. On um, this play, opens his hips up a little bit more, a little bit too early. I like to see him obviously stay stay square to the line of scrimmage. Um, and if he's going to take a vertical set, get, go vertical. Keep your hips square. If you're going to if you're going to go more like a 45 degree set, where he's kind of in between both right here. Beat him to the spot, and, and then get your hands on him. But you, you can't kind of do a mixture of both and open your hips because now he has all this room. You know, now he's just working hands; he's not working hips. So, uh, Shell gets beat a little bit right here. Donald starts to feel a little bit of pressure. Um, steps up in the pocket. The the Giants blow their defense to be completely honest. So it doesn't. You can't really tell what they're in. Uh, it looks like it looks like you have you like man and end zone here. Uh, you have one guy carry. This was some type of zone. It looks like it was some type of zone where it's like, it looked, it looked like it was, it was almost like cover three. It, it, it might've been a mixture, but they, they blew whatever this coverage was. I'm, I I need another view to watch this. I need to play to, to kind of happen differently as well to know what this is. Um, they blew whatever it was. This is not supposed to happen. There's not supposed to be a guy running free. Obviously Donald feels fresher. Um, And this is a good play by, by assembly, by the way, uh, Highlight a highlight of assembly right here. This is another very good play by him. He sits down, he gets his hand um, inside. He actually kind of hip checks him, almost like ricochets him inside um, to Harrison, this uh, this this uh, one tech. So he stays in on that. His eyes, after he lays that block, he knows that uh, the interior defensive lineman is not getting to Darland at this point. He sees uh, Beecham, you know, still engaged with number 59 and number 59 potentially beating Beecham. He, he drops that post foot right there. And now you have an unsuspecting linebacker with KO coming full speed at him and boom, he gets trucked. So uh, good play by, by KO, you know, assisting Harrison right there and then checking on beach and absolutely destroying uh, number fifty nine right here. So <laughs> good play. You love the aggressiveness right there. Good, good job by Donald reading the play, stepping up in the pocket, staying patient um, and throwing a ball. Listen, um, this isn't the most difficult throw because it's, it's, what, 5, 10, 15, 20, like almost like 25 yards. So it's not like it's a, it's a rocket down the field. But this is not like a typical, like his his hips are square. Like he doesn't have the best, uh, obviously, like stepping up in the pocket and throw, throwing like this. Like not a lot of quarterbacks can just throw naturally like that. And, boom, he puts it right on him. Nice nice and high. It's not low. It's not too far outside. It's not too far behind him. He puts it right on him and high. So good ball by Donald um, coming up a pocket like that. Uh, good catch by by Herndon. Um, even though he's obviously he's he's wide open, so he should have catched this a hundred times out of a hundred. Um, but good overall play by by Gase right there. Good play by Donald. Good play by Clutchy. Um, assembly there. So that was a that was a nice play to uh, to see. Um. Next play, let's see. So you have three verticals. You have um. Crowder working underneath. Um, you can call this many different things. Like, and and there's built-in. People call this like a jerk, where you're gonna sit down. Some people call it like a like a snag option, where you're gonna you're gonna run that snag based on this uh, based on the quarterback and the linebacker. You can cut it inside and outside, it's like a snag option. Um, you can call it a bunch of different things: uh, a drag option, a uh, snag option, um, jerk route. So what what happens is. You have Crowder who sits down, um, but he can get hit right here. Uh, at this point, he sees the linebacker, um, or he knows the linebacker is going to react inside to him. Uh, the linebacker looks at Darnold. Darnold pump fakes, so he, he he's working with Crowder right here. He's not even really reading the rest of the rest of the field. At this point, he knows he's throwing the Crowder. He's going to take Crowder versus the linebacker ten times out of ten times. The linebacker stares at Darnold, pump fakes. Darnold stays nice and patient and poised in the, in the pocket. Steps back is fading away. Like I said, this is not a typical throwing motion uh, guy jumping backwards. It's obviously um, an easy throw, but there's some quarterbacks who, who miss this throw, to be completely honest, uh, j- fading backward like this. It's something, it's something just to note um, good chemistry by, by Crowder and Donald Donald knowing what Crowder's going to do. Crowder knowing what, what Donald wants him to do. Plus knowing what the linebackers, um, you know, going to be doing uh, fades away, hits Crowder and Crowder runs for, um, you know, a, a good chunk of, uh, of yards right there. So I just play that while I check something really quick. Yeah. Good play. Uh, they're going to be hooking up a lot this year. I, I feel as obviously as long as they're both uh, healthy. So another quick concept, this is pretty basic stuff. It's, it's another standard slot formation, uh, two by two and you're gonna run a pick. They're they're running a pick. That's all. That's all it is. Um, Donald's reading the side completely. Um, this is all he. This is all he's reading. Is Crowder. Um, he sprints out to the right. You have Crowder who who pushes the DB. You'll see it from the other angle pushing the DB. Is going to make him close. He's uh, kind of keeping him on his heels. When, when you're aggressive like this, it's going to keep the DB on his heels. He doesn't want to get Pete inside and anything like that. So he's kind of just reacting to what what Crowder's going to do. Where if he was more conservative, it was more uh, patient, he would know something's coming. He would probably close the ground, and that'd be he'd be it'd be more easy for him to work, um, you know, kind of underneath this. So the corner you'd you you might want to might want him to play a little bit more aggressively and get his get his hands on it and notice that. They have a pretty close split right here between the two wide receivers, and, and be able to uh, play underneath this. But um, good job by Crowder keeping him on his on his heels a little bit right here. And then you have a Nunez on the outside who's a big body. Who it's not an illegal play; it doesn't technically pick him. It's just a rub route, and all this is doing is forcing him to play underneath. But at this point, he plays underneath. He's hitting he's hitting a Nunez. He tries to play over top. He has to be an elite athlete to make this play to come over top and then make the tackle, um, which he's not because it's a linebacker as he draws a. Uh, or sorry, it's not, it's not a linebacker, it's a, probably a safety, even if it's a corner, regardless of what corner it is, to be able to come over top, you know, at this point right here and make this play, <laughs> you better be damn athletic to be able to, to, to squeeze around uh, a Nunez right there and make that tackle, obviously gets his hands on him. Uh, Donald delivers a ball, puts it right on him, a little bit low, let's see, maybe a little bit higher on outside, so so Crowder does have to kind of duck down for it just a tiny bit. Um, so it's, But it's a general accuracy type throw, um, good pick route, Gates is not showing anything too special there uh, right here. A lot of teams do this. Um have gotta take advantage of of man matchups and stuff like that, pick routes. I think you're gonna see a lot of a lot of uh pick routes and stuff like that, quick hitters in this in the Jets offense. And like I said, you're gonna see him they like said pr- pretty much rush that cornerback and keep him on his uh on his t- on his heels right there. So good good design, good uh, execution by both um you know, Crowder and uh and a Nunwa, you know, on that play. So Good job. Crowder's first TD as a jet and Darnold's uh, first TD of the season that, you know, doesn't count uh, four for five, 68 yards, one touchdown. Uh, also in that first draw something to note with some of those plays, uh, which were good design plays. This is Case already proved more than Jeremy Bates did <laughs> pretty much, which is ridiculous. I'm, I'm kind of kidding. Um, but up-tempo offense, you know, no huddle type stuff, which I'm, I'm hoping the Jets did more this year. Um, it takes advantage of the play clock, being able to read the, the defense switch. If you switch into a play um, you switch from, you know, let's say you, you, you see a zone coverage you want to beat and you, and you switch from a play that wouldn't beat zone coverage. Like a, like I say, like a spot concept, and you switch in, into a, you know, sale concept, whatever, whatever it is. Um, it gives the offense, if you have a good quarterback or good center to, to read the uh, defense and plus it, it if you're shifting around, you're sending motions. It could sometimes confuse the defense. It could be a little bit late to react to, to to call their play, and then you take advantage of that as well. So, if you have a smart quarterback, it takes advantage of the defense. And plus, minus that stuff. Listen, if the Jets get into you know eleven personnel and the Giants, for some reason or whoever the team they're playing is, is in a base four three look, and you want to take advantage of you know having that slot receiver. Or whoever it may be, versus let's say the you know the nickel defender, or not the nickel defender, if he's not in there. It's a base four three. A safety has to come down and guard that. And you like the ba- the base package or the package that the Giants are in, or vice versa. Maybe maybe you're in twenty one personnel, and the Giants come, the team you're playing comes out in dime, and you know you can run versus that. Um, and you want to hurry up to take advantage of their personnel set. That's another possibility. So up to- up tempo offense at times is is very. Beneficial now? Do I want the Jets to be running? You know, eighty plays a game or whatever it may be, like Chip Kelly was with the Eagles a few years ago. No, I'm not necessarily saying that, but I like the, I would like to have the option to do the up tempo offense. We saw it in the first drive with the Jets, Um and it worked out well. So, um, good job by them. Um, so I, I like that. I like Gase's play calling in this first game. Even though is pretty vanilla for the most part, but still there's some some good wrinkles into there. Um, Herndon, we, we saw that as I, – I gave him a, a thumbs-up for the good from the offense. You know, only one reception for 32 yards, but I'll still note him down. Uh, Crowder, two receptions for 31 yards, one touchdown. Like I said, I think they're going to be – that's going to be a good pairing. Uh, the starting offensive line, for the most part, you know, Shell is, is always going to be shaky. I thought Beecham was fine. Uh, Clutcher Samuel was awesome I thought Harrison played well I thought Winters played well So I'll give them a thumbs up as well Donald did have some time He had a solid pocket There's many times where he a step up, etc. After four or five seconds But overall, I thought they looked pretty good um, Backup offensive linemen Like I talked about Tom Compton looked pretty good um, I thought that uh, Bellamy had a He had a nice play uh, i bring that up right here um, he looks – he's, he's going to be the – I think he's going to be the five behind. I, I really do think that right now it, it does look like you're going to have Burnett as a four, Bellamy as a five in terms of the receiving type threats, and then you're going to have Dorch as the, uh, the kick return or par return or just a punt turn or whatever they want to do. Um, but you have – and this is, a, this is again, like – so he's coming down on this drag, and a lot, of, a lot of routes have options on them where he's running this drag – now, if this if it was high, if this linebacker was higher, the linebacker wasn't going to react upfield. Maybe he continues to run this route, but he has an option to sit down in the middle of the defense right here. He sits down. Um, he sees that Simeon, who was another positive. I'll talk about him um, a little bit, but he looked competent at least, which is which is good. Um, he sits it down. He sees Simeon is starting to to roll out. Who Simeon does have some athleticism. He's not overly athletic, but I'm not going He's not Eli Manning either, so people don't know that he is. Um, semi-athletic. He can scramble and things like that. Um, but Bellamy sees him scrambling out to uh, Bellamy's left or Simeon's right. He checks the linebacker. He sees the linebackers reacting downhill to him. Um, what does he do? He's going to try to, you know, to assist Simeon right here, which he does. Um, so instead of taking an angle that's like flat and straight along, you know, um, what, the uh, the 23-yard line right here, instead of doing that, to avoid the contact from the linebacker, he's going to try to get his hands on at this point. He bends his route inside and around him, where if he was to go straight, he gets hands, and then the linebacker could you know match him hip for hip, get his hands on, play the ball. Um, but nice route adjustment right here to, to Simeon to bend the route around the contact of the linebacker, as you can see right here. You see how he dips his shoulder away like right there. They're almost like they're playing tagging, trying not to get tagged right there. Um, as he clears the, the linebacker, gets his eyes into the backfield. Uh, Simeon throws the ball low. But a nice hands catch right here, uh, bringing the ball in from, from Bellamy. And, boom, he falls for the first down on third and eight. So, I like that play from Bellamy. Um, so, I give him a plus for that one. Um, then you have uh, Dorch, who I have two plays of as well. You're going to have the 32-yard uh, punt return, which was good. Um, and, and, listen, I question his receiving ability. Uh, I question his route running. There's a lot of people who I've heard recently after this game – we're saying, oh, he's a burner. He's super. He's super quick. He's not. If you watch the film at, at uh, Wake Forest, he's not a vertical type receiver. He's not. And I know you're bring up highlight plays. Oh, he beat this guy vertically. He Beat like a safety or linebacker at times. In terms of top end speed, that's not what makes him good. Um, if anything, it's outward breaking routes. It's the shift. It's the shiftiness he has in the punt return game. Um, but I question his motor. I I question I question his toughness at times. Um, not not toughness actually. He'll take a hit from a linebacker, but then he'll give up on routes and. Um, if he's not like the primary threat, it looks like a lot of weak for us. He, he literally just stop. He'll, he'll he'll walk into a route off the line. It's really bad at times, but power turning is a ways to make this, uh, this team Um, nothing here. Just a side to side. Obviously it's more blockers to the right going and go to the right side and runs to the sideline. As he's running to the sideline, he's going to see that 48 is taking a high, a high angle right here where um, at this point, he should try to break down right here. Uh, so not, not a good job by 48 right there, but he sees that. Jump cuts around him, uh, puts 48 on his ass, and then he sees uh, number 23 coming from the outside. He changes his angle a little bit inside, ducks his shoulder right there. Again, like, it looks like they're playing uh, tag. Uh, ducks his shoulder right there to, like I said, a, a, avoid him grabbing him. And he continues for another, you know, wh- however many ever yards. But nice 32-yard return right here. I'll play it in full speed. You can see it again if you weren't able to see this game. Um, I don't know if, you know, we have some listeners from different countries. Uh, we have some listeners from – across the United States. So people have not been able to view this game. Maybe this is their first time seeing some of this, minus the stats and hearing what they've heard, but seeing it on film is always better, right? And especially um, I think in this form is a good way. So good return by him. Um, so he had a big punt return. He also had a touchdown, which was which was it was uh, to be honest, it was pretty basic. But this is the last play I put up and it was a similar type concept with the with that pick, uh rub route, whatever you want to call it from the outside, three by um, where he draw he draws man coverage right here from a from a linebacker. Uh, they're in a mixture of zone and, and man right here, but on the top of the play, it was, it was man. You're going to have a similar type concept where you have a uh, peak right there, just, just sitting down in the end zone, and then you're going to have the outside receiver and uh, number 84, which is Burnett, I believe. I'm working from the outside. He runs into the lane that he thinks the linebacker will take. Um, Dorch bends his route a little bit around the linebacker. The linebacker does contact him and push him a yard or two back, but Dorch is still able to... Um, you know, catch the ball, uh, not panic. Uh, he sees that Falk is uh, rolling out. Well, obviously it's designed to roll out. This is, this is, his, this is his read right here um, where you have you have Peek occupying some, some guys in the middle right there and then the pick. So this is really just a play for Dork should be completely honest. Catches the ball. You see Valentine's home duck right there a little bit. Uh, catches the ball, touchdown, first touchdown um, of his career. So, you know, having a touchdown and a punt return for a touchdown our, sorry, big partner. Good good game for Dortch. I'll so give him a, a positive there. Um, Valentine Holmes had a couple of runs. Didn't look great at running the ball. Actually, had, he had a good player, too, actually. Um, but he looked fast. He looked shifty. Um, you know, three receptions for 30 yards. Um, I'm going to give him a, a thumbs up. I think he had some good uh, agility and, and he had good movement skills. Now, do I think he's going to make the roster? Um, no, I don't. But with the practice squad, they have an exemption because they're trying to do this whole thing where they're getting, getting players over from different countries. He's a player who could be on your practice squad and and not count against your roster um, or your practice squad. So he's literally a free player. So they're going to keep him on the practice squad most likely. But listen, if he develops a little bit more, you let him you let him stay for another another year, and then you have you know you see how it worked out with Cannon or McGuire. You have Powell you know recover from uh, or, or Powell retire or whatever it may be. Maybe he's your third or fourth next year. So I'm going to give him a, a thumbs up. I thought he looked good. He looked pretty shifty. Um, did a good job. Had a nice hands catch on where he ran to the flat. So uh, plus for him, uh, Trevor Simeon, a lot of checkdowns. Uh, but I'm going to say he looked competent. You know, three for 16, 77 yards, one uh, touchdown. But his average yards like 4.6 yards per attempt. So he didn't throw the ball deep down the field at all. But he looked competent. Uh, I'm a lot more comfortable with him coming in if, if Darnold gets hurt or whatever. I don't want to say that. But if he does – um, season's over anyway, but at least you have a backup guy in Simeon, who's who's played. He started a season for the uh, for the Broncos, a season or two, whatever it was. But uh, give him a thumbs up. Adoga, uh, I have a couple plays. Um, I have a couple plays from him where he looked he he looked good. Uh, I give him a plus. I give him a thumbs up as well. Um, now he didn't look great in a run game, which I have a play of, but pass blocking, he looked pretty good. Um, this play, he's the the two by two gun set right here again. Um, this is in the second quarter, eight minutes left, eight sixteen, And you have a doga who, if the guy is super wide, you want to see vertical sets. It's really based on your preference and how quick your feet are, what you're comfortable with. Uh, he takes a 40, he takes a 45 degree set right here. Um, and do his drop. I'm fine with that. Completely fine with that. He keeps his hips square to the line of scrimmage. Plus he gets his hand in first plus, his hand is a little bit high you don't want to see the hand higher right here you say with lens in the face mess you don't want to get um you don't want to necessarily see the hand so high because you can get hands to the face it's that you don't get as much control to the chest but regardless he gets his hands inside first and then really with a lot of punches whether it be the overhand the underhand, the underhand and the overhand whatever it may be you want to see alternating punches Two-hand punches—you have to be very confident that's going to land on the guy because you two-hand punch, you're locking those hips. Um, but working versus outside guy, I, I, my personal favorite is the is the out the the, uh, the outside hand comes straight into the chest, and then you're going to come underneath with that right hand. You're going to run them out um, and widen them out as a tackle, so even as a guard as well. So I, I like the form that he's taking right here. Um, hand getting inside first, hips square, comes alternating to alternating punch one two one two like a boxer so good hands and then he gets his hand on the inside shoulder right there at the right as well um, and then he's able to match him the uh, the defensive end tries to, to try to like drop his hips and come back inside and and he's able to match him so good pass hit right there um, now this play for uh, who who who's 18 is 18 you know 18's Burnett I'm sorry 84 I forget who that is but 18 is Burnett and they run a spot concept right here with a triangle read. You have the flat, you have the you have the typical have the snag, and then you have the corner. Um, the snag usually has an option, so they run a they run a spot concept of that tri- the triangle. read. You could literally see triangle, um, the triangle read right there. And you there's two things you'd like to see. Burnett maybe break this a little bit deeper. Now Burnett might have seen the linebacker right there, so he decided to cut a little bit short. And you you'd prefer to see it on that first down marker, so you just catch it and you're you're there already. Um, but the, the main thing about this is, uh, the, the quarterback who, uh, is that is 19 Simeon, I think 19 and Simmons. So if anything, you want to see Simeon throw this ball now, this ball needs to get out now. If the ball is here as he's looking back, maybe he could, you know, he could catch the ball. He can turn outside, he could turn inside. He could just fall forward. But because he gets rid of the ball so late, um, the the linebackers already there. So. Burnett, you want to see, you get a little bit deeper. also like to see some better timing from from Simeon there, but uh, overall by by Idoga, uh, um, it was a it was a good block. Uh, next play of him, uh, let's see. See right tackle. I think he's a right tackle in this play. Maybe he's a left tackle. No, he's a left tackle. Okay, he played a little bit of right tackle as well in this game uh, later in the game. So at first. He's he has he's facing a four tech maybe a, a tight five tech. He shuffles inside with him. He gets his hand on first. he said right hand getting to the chest. That's always good. Uh, hand, the first, getting the first hand and that hand being on the chest, even though it's kind of simultaneous actually. But he gets his hand inside. Um, but then he sees the the cat blitzer there from the corner. He he drops that that uh. Doesn't drop the post. He drops that kick foot even even more. Um, and he's able to show some – this is just this is just quick hips right here. Good uh, foot speed right there to be able to get out on that corner right there where, uh, yeah, uh, Simeon gets rid of the ball fast right here. Even if he didn't step up in the pocket, you have Adogo who gets his, his – he has long arms. He's a little bit weird of a frame, but he does have long arms. He's able to, to push him up the arc right there and pass the quarterback's level. You can see how, how, how far he is um, behind the quarterback. So uh, good job by, by Adogo getting his hands inside, recon- recognizing the blitz and being able to, to drop out there really quickly. Good hip fluidity, um, quick feet right there. Good, good, just overall athletic ability to get outside right there. And then you have Deontay Thompson, who shows some nice. Uh, I think he's gonna make the roster to be completely honest. Um, but good job, you know, getting past getting past the the uh, the cornerback. Uh, nice, you know, little stiff arm, spin out of it, and uh, boom. I think you know what I did. I got to, I got to go. I got to go back. Uh, because you know what I did, I'm talking about the positives. After the positives, I'm gonna go back to the defense because I didn't show all the bad plays of the. You know, I'm gonna do it now because I already talked about it. Um, the bad from the defensive backs. I only did one. I only did one play, right? I think I only did. Uh, you guys can answer me, but yeah, I only did one play. I, I screwed up with that. I, I remember I was like, I'm talking about a lot of good right here. I don't remember talking about the secondary that was bad, and I, I don't have anything bad left to talk about other than the good. So, Chiron um, Brown. Who is injured now? Uh, I don't know how severe uh, so the severity of the injury, um, but he's as of right now it looks like he might be the number four or five. Um, he gets caught peeking right here. The Jets run cover two. He's in a curl to flat. Now, if this was a trap defense and and that receiver the number two was cutting outside, then yeah, that's that's a fine play by him. Um, but as you can tell that safety is really late. If it was a trap defense, I'd to be much more ready for that number one. So it was not a trap unless they completely blew it, but I don't, I, I don't know. I don't believe that. So um, you have Brown who's peeking to the back here and he sees the ball coming out and he thinks the ball is going to number two um, instead of getting, you know, depth with that uh, with the number one outside receiver and passing him off to the safety um, in that curl to flat. He doesn't, he passes it off and tries to butt- jump on that play. So not a good play by Brown right there. Um, next play of the uh secondary that was not good i've see play 25 another play of uh Nickerson all right so Nickerson right here so he's about 5 yards off he's like a he's he's squatting right here um i'm okay with that um squatting is is more for the, the like the less af- i mean the more athletic guys and not the strong guys strong guys you want to press but uh he is able to stay over top on top that. He keeps his hips square. So, the first part of this is not bad. Um, you know, he shuffles to stay over top, hands on him. What's not good right here is this portion. So, now maybe at, at this time, I would see him kind of drop back a little bit more and be a little bit more softer here instead sort of trying to stand up against that contact where the number two makes almost like a bump cut where he's bumping and then cutting him outside. Like a like an out on a bump cut. Um, so, I would say him. Say maybe a little bit more over top um, in terms of his vertical um, relationship with the receiver at this point, but he gets his hands on and he and he reroutes him, or he he, he doesn't necessarily reroute him, but he adjusts the route or he kind of uh, I don't know I'm blanking on the term like not the terminology right here, but what I want to say uh, he affects the route is what I should say he affects the route staying over top, but the problem is right here his eyes go back to the quarterback see. At this point, when the receiver has room, I always talk about it. Your eyes need to, at this point, be on the receiver. Now, if they're on the receiver, um, you run faster, you react better to the ball, you know where his hands are, and because of this, his, his angle is bad. He's trying to play the ball right here instead of playing the receiver. Again, listen, if you get beat for five yards, you get beat for five yards, you rally make the tackle, you live to play another down. You don't want to get beat for more than it was. So his eye's snapping back, slows him down, puts him on a bad angle, and again – if you're going to play with that outside hand, you better make that play. Uh, listen, I never recommend it. I'm never going to recommend it playing with that outside hand. But if you do, you better be damn sure you're right. Um, because if you don't hit with that outside hand, guess what? Yak is coming. Uh, obviously, it's on the sidelines. So there's not much yak. He only picks up another couple of yards. But what you need to see right here is play the ball, get that outside hand on the, uh, on the receiver, and then try to play with the ball with the inside hand. If you're too far away where you can't even do that, guess what? Play the, uh, play the receiver. Try, try to lay a shot on him. And, you know, if he drops the ball, he drops the ball. That's great. If not, you you tackle him for five yards. So, not a good play by, by Nickerson right there, um, in my opinion. Uh, and there's one more play forget which one it is. Let's see, 29. Uh, D Delaney, this is another one of the guys who uh, are fighting for a roster spot. Backup's uh, cornerback, number 42. So, he's in man coverage on um, – Number two, right here, and he is he's 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 like bailing, he's in he's shuffling. There's like there's bailing, which is like the just dropping back with your your feet, and then there's a shuffle bail, there's a shuffling and kind of staying more underneath. You know, it depends on what you want to call it, but he's shuffling eyes on when you're shuffling. You do not want to get received. You don't, oh, why is this happening? Hold on, okay, there we go. Um, so you don't want receivers to get into that blind spot right now. He's he's working into that blind spot if you're going to shuffle. You need to work to maintain your outside leverage. So because he stays inside right here, um, he needs to make that transition. Now the transition is not clean. He he beats him on the, on the out and up right here uh, with TJ Jones. Is that for, uh, I think he's from Notre Dame, correct? I could be wrong. Um, but he needs to stay more outside because it allows you to stay over top of the route. So If he does break outside like this, guess what? Now you're more outside. Now if you do break down and you try to play it aggressively, now now you're on now you're over top of the route. So because he's out because he's inside right here. And he tries to break down like this. Now he doesn't have to work against your body. Where if he was more inside, now you get your hands on, now you widen him out, and then you then you play that inside hip, and then you're then you're on him. So um, he doesn't fight to out- stay outside right here. He breaks down. And at this point, if you know he's outside, you cannot break down like this. Because he's outside like this, you need to make a nice, smooth transition um, and not break down. So he needs to just – you see those drills in the combo, they're flipping their hips, and they're continuing to run backwards. He can't break down right here. He breaks down and tries to break outwards. Um even after that, he has some good speed, whoever, uh, like I said, uh, Delaney. At least it looks like he has good speed on this play. But what is the problem right here if you've been watching this show? He, he has way too much room to the sideline here to be playing the ball. So you're playing the ball. where you are looking back to the ball um, instead of playing through the receiver where, like I said, you're going to see this left hip turn to the ball, look back to the ball, where instead he should be like, covering with his right hip playing the receiver. Just playing the receiver, you play his hands. He has too much room on, on you, one. He's not hip-to-hip hip right here. Where if he's hip-to-hip hip you want to play the ball, sure, it's a little bit risky. You can do it, but because he's not the hip-to-hip, hip there's room to the sideline. Strongly recommended to play through the receiver right here. Um, what happens is um, the receiver has too so much room. He's not able to keep hands on. He's not hip-to-hip. Hip. Uh, the ball is put on the back sh- the back shoulder right here, uh, and 42 looks like a fool because he completely loses the ball. So even after all that bad stuff, if he played through the bar right here, he could probably make a play, but because he, he doesn't play it correctly in the air, um, he gets beat. So I, I wanted to, to cover my, my basis with that. Um, I went into two plays with Doga. I want to go into the one bad play of Doga where I showed you two good pass sets. Um, this is labeled good block. this is another good block by Doga. Oh, did I screw this up? Oh, yeah. So this is another good one. I have one bad play of him in the run game. So I have four, I have four plays. Again, Mobile 45 the reset from Doga. But again, he's keeping his hips pretty square. He opens up as the as the linebacker is going to to pass him. So um, I'm I'm fine with his hips right here. Again, alternating. Boom, left hand inside before the uh, the uh, he tries to come with the cross chop right there from the outside uh, from the inside arm. So he gets his hands on alternating. Boom, boom. That's the, this is big right here. You, you it, it does you don't want to do it at the same time. You don't want to be too late when it's one two like that. That that's good. Uh, and good, good hand placement too. So even if he does chop that in that outside arm, look what happens. So let's say he does chop it, which you can't really see right here. You don't know if he's pulling it away on purpose. If he chops it down, he chops it down because of the alternating punch. Look what happens. That right arm lands on the shoulder pad, and now he has control of that shoulder. So instead of you ducking around that around that inside punch and getting around it, now he's kind of just pushing you to where you want to go. If you were landing on the front side of that shoulder, now you're pushing your body, and, and it's a lot harder uh, for the outside linebacker right here. So good job doing that. Because he knows he has control of that shoulder, he thinks he's going to be able to to drop back inside. Almost like looks like he's going to try to cross chop. You have uh, Adoga who drops that left foot right there into the ground, drops his hips, is able to react inside, and he stays right with him. Good, good block. I'll play that in full speed. This is another good block, good play by Adoga with the alternating hands, hips square, good athleticism, and he and he stone he stonewalls him. He's not going anywhere right there. So, good job. Um, next play of Adoga um, that I have is the run game right, right here. Where he's in a fight, it, it sometimes it's a lack of technique. It's mostly lack of strength of him in the run game. Uh, but he needs to learn how to be a little bit more aggressive on uh, this play. You just have you, have you have an inside zone, and he's trying to he's trying to keep the linebacker, uh, the defensive end, sorry, out outside right here, is his hand in the dirt. What he needs to do if he's going to be more patient, what he needs to do is climb a little bit more on this play. So you don't if if he's if if the lane is here on the inside you want to make sure your hips are in front of where the linebacker, where this defensive end can cut. So he needs to work up more. He needs to be more patient like this. He needs to work upfield more and then, and then block him with his hips. But because he kind of is patient and doesn't, doesn't cover the inside uh, the interior right here. Um, the linebacker is able to get his hands on and then cut back inside. So and that's paired with not really shooting his hands too fast. You see how you see in, in the past game his hands were good, alternating punches, more aggressive. But right here, what he does is he gets splashed. You see how the the, the defensive end is able to get his hands on right here, pushes Adoga uh, Adoga back. So now he doesn't he doesn't have hands on his his body's all you know he's not covering the gaps. He comes with a cross chop, um, and is able to make the tackle on uh, on Cannon. So who Cannon really like? I don't, I don't know if I. Did this or i said this before but canon did not look that great either i don't know if i screwed up did i even go through all the negatives i might have not like i said i'm gonna be rusty but he needs to be a little more aggressive right here he needs to cover his gaps he needs to be able to prepare to defeat those hands he needs to shoot his his hands first um so let me look through these oh yeah i i I didn't mention canon but he had like he had a couple of runs. He gained, like, two yards per carry. He looks, like, super awkward. Not, he kind of does look awkward. He doesn't run low. He's not really ready to cut. Um, he doesn't get away from some guys he should. I think Cannon makes a team, you know, maybe because of special teams and things like that. Um, oh, I'll get into him in a little bit. I actually see it coming up. But Odogo was solid. Uh, oh, yeah, he's literally right here. That's funny. So, he had a good special teams tackle. Uh, I think he's a little bit overhyped last year in terms of special teams. He had, more, like, one or two good plays. And then people are like, oh, yeah, he's really good. Uh, but this year, this game, he did the same thing. Um, as he did that one play he saw, where he's a gunner. He he beat the uh, the jammer, um, on that punt return. He got to the to the bulk uh, to the punt returner, he made a tackle instantly. So good play by him there, but uh, with his run game, he just does not look natural. Uh, like I said, nine nine rushes, twenty yards. He just looks awkward. He never really knows what he's supposed to be doing. He's not patient enough, or he's not decisive enough at times. He's just definitely not a good runner. Um, if he's going to make this for special teams. And you don't want him running between tackles. You don't want him running outside zone, inside zone, whatever it may be, power. He's going to be a guy if he makes his team and, and, and they try to you know implement him into the offense who's gonna get like three touches a game, jet sweep, orbit motions, distraction type piece. You have to use him in the open field speed. You cannot re- you cannot use him to read stuff. Just get outside. You know, he that, I, I see him getting like two three touches a game, jet sweeps, et cetera, like I said. Um, he's had too much speed to ignore. That's really the only reason he's on this freaking team right now. Um, other than that, uh, for the good from the offense. Luke uh Luke Falk, nine four eleven, sixty-nine yards, one touchdown. He looked a lot better than Webb, and that's that's good for him. Uh, he looks much farther along than Webb at this point. He has experience with Gates, he has experience with the offense. If they carry three, he's gonna be the three. It's not gonna be Webb. Webb looked awful, um, so positive for him. Uh good from the defense. Um, you had Nathan uh Shepherd, who I think he looked he looked good. He did not look nearly as good as a guy um in uh Jesus, uh Fadokasi forgot so he is so he's like he's super aggressive and he's really strong um but his technique sometimes and his reading of defense he, lo- he looks lost um at times reading uh, offensive fronts and and reading what the play is he he's kind of just like a bat out of hell and if he gets there he gets there um it's kind of almost like a comparison from like quinn williams to ted at oliver he's not at oliver trust me in terms of athleticism i'm just talking about like being uncontrolled and hoping the guy is there it's kind of what he does but um you have you have right here where you have these the center and the left guard working on the combo block um of the, the zero tech, whoever that may be on this play. I can't see his number. Um but you so you're gonna have number or the left tackle right here who's going to try to 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 reach um Shepard, which that's not easy for anybody. And Shepard sees that this is coming from the left tackle, he drops his rip into him right here. He's trying to lift up that arm, so like, so the hand does land on the chest. But what the rip is doing right here is he's like, he's almost like throwing his arm up like a chicken wing. Is he's releasing that? He's moving his hand off him, so it's like a, it's like a rip. He's just eliminating that contact point. He penetrates hard to the backfield, gets a hand on um, the running back, and then you have you have uh, Jenkins um, on the top right here who is hand in the dirt right here. He is a uh, zero two uh, four six. He's like a he's like a seven tech right here he's trying to get blocked by a um, tight end does not work. He gets lower. He gets lower than him. He uses that circular force right here and just pushes him inside, pushes him inside, pushes him inside and comes with the arm over as uh, he puts the, uh, he puts number 82 on his ass right here. He's Jenkins is a strong dude. Tight. We, I, should, I did a review with Kyle Smith a couple of weeks ago. He tossed a, he, he tossed a pulling guard and Gronkowski on their ass in the same play. Uh, Trying to block him with a tight end on the backside is not a good idea. And he uses that that power and that circular force just to turn him inside there and throw him off of his feet. Comes in, makes a tackle. Good play by Jenkins. Good play by Shepard. Who else do I have? Copeland made a nice tackle on that first couple plays. I thought he looked good. Uh, Terrell Basher made a nice play, which I'll bring up. I only have a couple more plays. Oops, wrong one. Uh, A couple more plays from this game. Um, And then we'll get into a little bit of the Falcons game. I'll I'll tell you some things I'm looking out for, and then that's pretty much – Uh, the wrap on the show. Uh, Basham, he's a little bit late off the snap right here um, to rush, but I do like the recognition right here. He sees, he sees the left tackle. He sees the center. He sees their movement. He knows that a screen is coming. Um, Obviously it's not a running back screen because the running back's going opposite. So he knows a receiver uh, screen is coming, turns around, finds a receiver diving tackle, which I believe, like I said, I think, I think T, uh, uh, is it Jones? Yeah. I think it's TJ Jones from uh, Notre Dame. So, Good recognition by him, good uh, good tackle. He made he made a couple plays. He was in the backfield a little bit, disruptive. So uh, he might be a practice squad candidate on things to make the roster. Uh, Cashman, a lot of people said that he played well this game. Uh, like I said, I, th- I think it was more just, just him being there for tackles. A lot of, a lot of short check-down st- type stuff from back of quarterbacks, to be completely honest. There was one play uh, on third and seven where he took improper depth and there was a pass completed behind him. He, only, he almost made the tip. Um, but he, he wasn't able to. A lot of cleanup tackles, like I said. I have two plays of uh, of him. He also had a missed tackle, which, like I said, in college. I, I heard it coming out where it was, oh, he never misses tackles. He didn't miss one tackle in his entire career. I watched the first game we went to Ohio State he missed, like, three tackles. So I don't know how that happened. But, yes, yeah, miscommunication right here, a misassignment from, from Cashman. The running back obviously gets split out wide as the number one right here. Cashman is late to get over to it. But at this point, listen – He's going up for the ball. Look how exposed he is at this point. Attack him. He has no feet on the ground. He's completely exposed. He's not going to be able to cover from this point. So, Cash makes a mistake of of hesitating too much and then even after that, um what he does is he plants hard and then he, he leave, he's like leaving his feet right here. He needs to he needs to get more square right here. Um, and he, he has help over top. So, like I said, too timid right here, and then the, the planting and trying to to explode to him right here is, is bad. You want to see him run his feet? You want to see his feet under him? What ends up ends up happening is he dives for it, broken tackle, first down. So, uh, like I said, a few bad things right here: being laid on it, uh, hesitating way too much right here, and then uh, leaving his feet and, and arm tackling, and you know and, instead of driving, um, you know through the tackle, getting more square right here. We're like right here. His hips are really far outside. He needs to stay more square, more over top right here, um, and close that ground and not leave your feet. So not a good play by Cashman right there. Um, At least – well, not in my opinion. That's not not a good play. So next one is – we have 24 Cashman. We have like three or four more plays left. Um, This play – Oh, this is Cashman again. Jeez. Okay, so – a few things with this play, um, I would like to see better pre-snap awareness. And this is more, this is going to come with time. Uh, when you have the when you have two guys close like this, especially the receiver split, in, uh, you know, re- with a reduced split right here at the bottom of the numbers, and an end, a end, the tight end off the line scrimmage. This indi- this is indicating some type of pick wrap coming. Uh, if you watch a lot of football, you you know this, you, you see this, um, because one, if if he was on the line scrimmage right here, they're on the same level. It's a lot harder to, to, to run a pick. When they're, all, when they're on different levels right here, it's, it's, it's a little bit easier. You have more room uh, horizontally to run that pick. If uh, if he gets pressed, whatever may happen, uh, they want to create distance right here um, to be able to, to to execute that pick. So, I like seeing better pre-snap awareness plus the reduced split It indicates something's happening right here. And he's in man coverage. Um, he doesn't see the pick coming until late. Like, like I said, what I'd like him to do is get a little bit closer right here and play underneath that pick if he plays underneath that pick and the, and the receiver reacts accordingly and tries to flatten it out, you stay over top and you make the tackle. <clears throat> what happens is he stays at his level that he's at, which like I said, seem get a little bit closer right here. doesn't see the pick coming until late um, and is, is, isn't able to get over top of it. Or even if, if he did see it at this point, okay. Oh crap. I'm going to get over top. Um, but because he's late to see it, um, he gets, he gets picked right there. He gets, he gets the contact, the receiver uh, to the tight end uh, breaks down the out, gets the easy first down. So, uh, look, look to see and play that better on that play. So he was uh, I, I would say it's more of an, uh, I do don't know—he was somewhere in the middle. I'm not going to give him a, a huge negative or a huge positive, to be completely honest. Um, Q—he was quiet uh, overall, but he, he listen—he's super young as well. He's going to be—he's going to be a superstar. I, I really do think that. I think he's going to be one of the best uh, interior defensive linemen in the league. This is his first preseason game of his career. Uh, you have to give guys some time. Um, but he drew a hold on a, on a block. He drew some double teams. He had some combo blocks against them. And listen, there was plays where he didn't make the play, but he held his gap and he, and he, and he, and he forced running backs to cut in different, different ways. He, he forced running backs to, because he was holding up two guys to, um, choose a different gap to cut through, which led to some different tackles. So uh, he didn't play bad at all. Um, he didn't, he didn't splash, but he only played two drives. He played like 11 snaps or whatever it was. So let's not go crazy. 11 snaps. He had a tackle. Um, this play, a, a pairing of uh, him and uh, Copeland. We'll talk about Copeland. Copeland first. Uh, Copeland, he's a he's a smart player. He sees this. Um, he sees the the, the draw coming. Um, obviously, he has his eyes in the backfield. And if the if the running back is flanked out to the right side of the quarterback like this, don't the running the run unless it's a counter. This would be a really weird counter because unless he like punch step and the quarterback shoved the ball into his his, his chest, it was like a delayed counter motion, like punch step, whatever. Uh, this would this would be a weird set, but he knows this ball is going inside. If it is going to go inside, he sees the run coming. He's going to press upfield first. A lot of room in that B gap. Cuts across the the left tackle's face. Throws that rip in there. You can see it right there. Boom! Lifts the arm up. Reduces the uh, the power through that left arm that's just trying to recover. Uh, Scrapes down down uh the, you know down the line of scrimmage in the backfield and makes a tackle. And you have Quentin Williams as well, who is running a. A little uh, twist right here. You have a, or a stunt with Jordan Jenkins on the outside. He's the penetrator, and Jordan Jenkins is going to loop inside. So he is the, uh, the penetrator of this, the, the B-gap. He gets into um, number 76. Good hands inside right here. Nice and low. Look how low he is compared to him. Um, he's not a huge guy, but him being low is going to help his leverage a lot. So he's going to be a tough guy to, to get underneath. Um, as he makes that contact, his eyes go inside. You see right here. Contact. Don't get distracted by that contact. i talk to a lot of players about get, getting distracted by contact. Eyes come inside. Drops his hips. Changes to, uh, and then is able to get that left arm free right here. Boom, get on the tackle with uh, Copeland. So, good play by him. Like I said, low, hands inside, read in the backfield, get on the tackle. Um, run stuff. I, you know, run stuff's like one, two yard. I usually carry run stuff. Um, another one more play. Uh, two more players to mention. Montrell Meander, I thought, made a, a good player too. Good good player uh, good player too, like tackles and stuff like that. So I'll throw him in there. And then Kufusi uh, had a nice hit um, in this game as well. I think this is the last of 30 plays. I think I went through 30 plays. So you have a, uh, a TT stun right here with him and Fadokasi. Fadokasi is a penetrator. Good job by Fadokasi. Um, bad job by number 67 carrying him so far right there. And as I said before, turning the tank, not just the turret but he, he carries the left guard in the center in. You have Kafusi, who is a guy who's athletic. He's like a, more of a defensive end. But like I said, with, with Greg Williams defense, all these stunts and stuff, you want athletic loopers and big penetrators, or even if they're going to penetrate, but they're going to long leg and, and cover multiple gaps. You want to be athletic guys. So he's a lot of versatility in the front. Um, I think Kafusi is going to, he, he has, a, he's a shot to make this team for sure. So, uh, good job getting his hand on, um, keeping himself clean. Uh, Penetrating upfield to distract the, the guard right here, and, and I'm sorry, the center, who doesn't see uh, Fadakasi coming until late. Loops around. Big hit on uh, Jones. And honestly, good job at Perry Nickerson here. Uh, I don't know how this was called a fumble on the field, but it was. You And this, and this is what you, you preach in practice. Listen, look at the players giving up on the play. Uh, 46 gives up. He doesn't really know what's going on. Cashman gives up on the play, doesn't know what's going on. Uh, the whistle's not blowing you never know. Maybe it was a fumble. Somehow it popped out. He wasn't looking at – maybe he wasn't looking at the quarterback. Good job by Perry Nickerson. Good good effort. I, I give him a, a, a head nod for that one. Um, that's it from that game. Uh, I hope I covered it well for you guys, at least from what I saw. Uh, what to watch for the Falcons, just to be you know, nice and, and brief. Um, is Khalil going to play? It's Tremaine Johnson. <coughs> Sorry, I to take another sip of water. I don't think Winters is going to play. I think they're going to be pretty cautious of him. They said that. But is Khalil going to play a snap or two? I'm watching out for that. Is Bell going to play? How much are the veteran players going to play? You want to see those guys play uh, together, especially on the offensive line, to, to, to kind of get their um, get themselves in the sync with each other. As I talked about a couple weeks ago, it's a position you need a lot of chemistry on, on the offensive line between each other. How they know they're going to block? They're going to block with a tight hand or a loose hand or how their steps are. or Do they like to ricochet? Uh, block more? Are they more of lever guys? Um, do they use their length? Uh, what do they struggle with? How do, I, how do I adjust to their struggles? What do I have to do? do I, does my footwork have to change? There's a lot of different things when you're working on combo blocks, working in blocks, picking up stunts. There's a lot of things you need to do. Um, other than that, uh, any cornerbacks who can step up, I'm looking for it. Uh, Tremaine Johnson's not going to play, so everybody. You need to see everybody. You need to see Brian Poole play well. Um, like I said, there's a reason you sign for a have a half, $2 million. Uh, you want to see Roberts play well against uh, Julio Jones or whoever they have. This is going to be a good test for the corners. Listen, you have guys like Sanu if he plays. You have guys um, like Ridley if he plays. They have a couple of good receivers there. So any cornerbacks step step up, please. Uh, That's going to be a big watch for Jets fans. They're harder to break down. Um, because it's only broadcast angle. You really need the all 22 to be able to watch corners. Um, the rookies, Adoga, is he going to continue to play well? Is he going to continue to play well in the passing game but struggle in the run game? So is, is he going to take another step in the right direction? Is Polite going to maybe pressure the quarterback and, and, and not look as timid and show some more explosiveness that I know he has? He's just he's just not um, unleashing right now because he's just he's, – he's like afraid or something. He's thinking way too much right now. Um, he's a rookie though, so – Gonna happen? Uh, is Casher gonna improve in coverage? Is he not gonna miss a tackle? Is he, you know, listen, I, I get he had four tackles. I get he was in on a couple of plays. But the shows I, the, the plays I showed you before. Uh, it's not a positive. It's not a negative. It's somewhere in the middle. It just kind of is what it is. Um, is Quentin Williams gonna to continue to make plays? Is he gonna play more? He probably will. Uh, you'd like to see him maybe make a tackle or two more, even though I put him in the positives from that game. Is Wesker going to adjust to the speed of offensive or defensive linemen of linebackers because he's going to be a main part of the blocking game? Is he maybe involved in the screen or two? What can he do with the ball in his hands? Can he, can he continue what he did in West Virginia? But I'd like to see more of, of the blocking because, like I said, that's to his main thing. I said, so there's a play last game where he was coming off a block on a D end, and I think a linebacker looped in or looped inside, and and he kind of he saw the linebacker, but he reacted too late, and the linebacker got past him and pressured wherever quarterback was in. So I want to see him again. Uh, Donald, of course, if he plays a driver too. Let's see him. You know, are we see up to, uptempo offense? You never know. Uh, I just want to see him execute, make the correct reads, make nice accurate throws. Um, you're looking for the windmill release, which I think his release is already pretty quick, but it takes it from like from good from being good to very, very good, or could be very, very good. I want to see better footwork. That's what we struggled with a lot last year with some throws is the footwork. So, obviously, I watched a lot of things at Donald. His reads, how he throws a ball, his body mechanics, everything. Starting offensive line when they're in. Um, or they can continue to impress because they impressed in this game. Uh, when they were in there, it looked like Donald had some time. He had a pretty clean pocket. So that's a big step up from last year. Um, some of the guys who step up from, from, from last game, or they can continue to play well, who are guys who are fighting for a roster spot. Uh, Fado Kassi, if he looks as good as he did last game over to the preseason, he's going to be the primary backup. He looked, as you can see, very, very good last game. I was very, very impressed. I'm going to be watching Fado Kassi big time. Uh, Luvu. Um, is he going to continue to play the way he 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 did, which I think he is. He's a super aggressive player. He's going to make this team. I think Greg Williams is going to love a guy like him. Uh, I I think they really might carry five. A guy like Lubu, who plays aggressively as he does, and a guy in Burgers Jr., who is super aggressive guy, plays his hair and fire, but is a much lighter, Um, can can move a little bit more than Lubu can. Uh, Dorch, how is he going to do as a palm returner, a kick returner? Uh, is he going to make some plays um, – you know, in the screen game, I believe he had a fumble this game as well, because he's holding the ball a little bit loosely as he was going down. I got the ball got punched out. So is he gonna an offer anything on offense? What does he do on special teams? Does a guy in Tim White, uh, who was hyped up all camp make a catch? You know, does he does he step up and maybe take that sixth receiver spot? Um, which I don't I, I think the only way Tim White or anybody makes his team. I, I think Dorch is is good bet. Uh you're not you're not getting ready to bell on me. There's no way. He means a lot to the locker room and he's a good special teams player. Um, and he's a, he's a decent receiver, like, you know, the guy who's gotten four or 500 yards, so he's not a bad five. Uh, Burnett is going to make the team. Um, other than that, uh, I guess the last thing I could say, uh, the thing about is um, Shepherd versus Kafusi. That's another defensive line battle that you're looking at. Um, I think I, I, obviously you have you have the four guys. You have Fado Kasi, who I think is going to make it. Now, if the Jets only keep six, who is that six going to be? Is it, is it Shepard? Um, who is super strong, who, who seems like he's, he's a little bit concerned right now with punching guys in the face and stuff. The last couple of practices and getting a fights, he's concerned for his roster spot, for seeing how F- Fado Kassi stepped up. I don't know. Um, or are they going to carry F- uh, Shepard and and Kafusi? Um, right now, if you had to ask me who I'd rather have on my team, it's Kafusi. Uh, Shepard's a little bit older right now. He's strong as an ox, but he, he is super inconsistent with his technique and reading uh, awareness, et cetera. Um, Kafusi's is a guy who is he's a pretty athletic defensive end who could use on a lot of stunts and stuff like that. So, um, Shepard versus Kafusi is a big watch this game. Or do they carry seven if they both play well? You know, defensive line is a position where the guys get really gassed out pretty quickly because it's a really hard position to play. Listen, receivers you can play, you can take a playoff, cornerbacks you can, safeties you can. There's a lot of times you're driving back. Oh, it's a run, okay, they're not getting up to me. I break down, but I'm not really running offensive line. If the run's going away or it's a quick pass, you know that you don't have to try as hard linebackers you know if it's a quick play whatever it may be you know, you know there's a lot of positions defensive line you have to play like ball to the wall like every play there's really there's really no way around it. so they they carry seven um how does Gase's offense look does he does he continue to up tempo up uh, tempo offense what what concepts is he going to is he gonna do more picks is he gonna do more um those air raid type you know schemes with the mesh uh, combined with the seam attackers you know so um A lot of things I'm watching for, but that's it for the show. Um, I might be back in a couple days with a Khalil review um, before I get out the Falcons review, but it's most likely going to be uh, Falcons first um, and then the Khalil review. So appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, Like I said, Patreon's always there. Um, If you watch on YouTube and you subscribe and you like it, you know, comment, whatever. If you could take literally two minutes to, to leave me five stars on a podcast app, that's great. If you could take you know, even more, you know, a minute or two extra and write a review about why you like the show, that's fantastic. If you want to email me, blue at Joe, T-O-J at Gmail. Anything you want to see, your criticism, or anything you want to speak about, or want to ask me a question, that's fine. I'm always you – know I like to interact with people. Uh, so you can email me there. Uh, Twitter is at JoeRB31. And uh, I'll be back in a couple of days. Um, enjoy yourselves watching the uh, Jets game. Football is finally back, and it's, it's fantastic.